0: Ladies
1: and gentlemen, welcome to Silva and Gold, coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zombe! Sweet misery. Silver and gold is back. Episode forty-nine. Getting so close to that big five-zero. I am the loaf. With me, the zalm. Hello, hello. This week we are covering a couple uh, Ernest Borgnine films. Uh, we'll call it a magnificent bastard Borgnine this week. Uh, we're doing the Poseidon Adventure from nineteen seventy-two. And the Wild Bunch, we love you, Vish, from 1969. Yes. <sighs> uh,
2: a, a, mag, a magnificent Borgsterd. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, I should probably say that because I got the edge of my case and see. <laughs>
1: Fucking idiots. How are you, sir?
2: Um, Irritated. <laughs> No, I'm doing good. I uh, it's, uh, got a couple hours of sleep. Uh, get jumping on here. I'm gonna do a little show, little show business. Um,
1: that's how we roll. That's how we, that's that's what how we, we roll.
2: You know, that's what we do. We 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 do this, and you know, it's what we do, and it's what we have to do. I stuff
1: to. and stuff. Uh, my dog got a really fucking horrible haircut this week. He looks like he belongs to an old lady now. Nice.
2: He does. Oh, you. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's pretty bad. It's got like a butt cut. It's pretty. It's terrible. I'm I'm thinking about taking some scissors and fixing
2: it. <laughs> did you did, do you take him to get cut or? Yeah,
1: you... it was a groomer, and and we changed up his haircut recently because it used to be we just kept him really scruffy all over. Yeah. He had a little, he kept a, a little beard and stuff, and but we started cutting the beard off, and but the afro stayed the same. He's a poodle, a miniature right. poodle, for anybody that doesn't know, and um, uh, so. In cutting the face off, we're like, yeah, just kind of match the afro and the ears to the to the lack of beard. Well, she just kind of made it like I don't know. It looks like a fucking redneck perm. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so, as
2: you, as you're saying that, I'm looking at uh, one of our people posting a uh, three pictures of Jimi Hendrix. Is that racist? You kept uh, saying his afro, his, his afro. afro, and Jimi Hendrix is. I mean, you know, actually, he. I don't know if it's because he straightened it and then picked it out, curled it, and got like a perm or what. Because his afro looks more like – like if it was bright orange, it would look like Lucille Ball's hair (laughs) in these these pictures.
1: I don't know. I don't know. Jimi
2: Hendrix had a lot of zits too.
1: He must have brushed it a certain way. He probably did not pick it, which I think makes it it more full. And as you're
2: talking about your dog, and I'm bringing up the point about Jimi Hendrix – the lyric "Move over, Rover, and let Jimmy take over" just clicked in my mind. Nice.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, oh, silver! That was a silver moment. Uh, that
1: was a that was a almost threw up in my mouth moment. Um, Ooh. So, what have you been
2: watching this week? All right, all right. Well, let's just okay. We'll just get we'll down, get down to right it. into it. I'm sleepy. You want to get into it? We'll get into it, motherfucker. We can um, keep talking.
1: What it? What else? What's going on?
2: I watched a little Borg-stird, Uh um, in a movie called season of passion. Okay. Now, um, I consulted with my good friend, Roger Ward about this movie. <laughs> uh, and, uh, apparently in this movie, um, the entire movie takes place in Australia. And, um, I asked him, I said, Hey, have you, uh, you know, seen the Ernest Borgnine movie *Season of Passion*. You know, what do you think? Well, I was surprised when he sent back. He goes, "I've never." He goes, "No, just never heard of it." I, uh, you know, well, I'm sure it's probably good if Borgnine's underwear. And then he emailed me back after that, and he goes, "Oh," he said, "the Borgnine uh, movie is uh, *The Summer of the Seventeenth Doll*." So I guess over there it was named something oh. else. So because I know Terry Frost of Paleo Cinema. Mentioned that you know he said yeah it's an it's a an Australian movie it, it was based on this play uh, or maybe a, a novel that was turned into a famous play or whatever and um, the entire movie takes place in Australia every character in it is Australian but they didn't get anybody from Australia to play in it uh, <laughs> at least at least the main parts it's Angela Lansbury Ernest Borgnine um, John Mills. It was, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, it's like 19, I think, 56 maybe. But uh, I enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, Borgnine, 9, he might as well have just not even tried the Australian accent because he just throws something in every once in a while. But for the rest of the time, he just sounds like Ernest Borg 9.
1: That was right. Uh, Marty.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Riding that it's, high. Uh, that's on uh, Netflix Instant Watch, by the way. Uh, next thing I watched was uh, Near and Dear to... The Action Attraction Heart. It was a Jim Kelly movie called Black Belt Jones. Nice. And, I watched uh, Jim Kelly this week too. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, I love when the Cowboys beat his ass in the Super Bowl. Um. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> da, 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 last time they beat anybody. That Jim uh, Kelly didn't have a very good afro at all. No, he did not. It looked like <laughs> Lucille Balls picked out. Uh, Lucille's balls. Um, so anyway, Black Belt Jones. Um. I remember when I was a kid growing up, Jim <laughs> Kelly was really prominent uh and famous um uh, for the most part from Enter the Dragon, but you know, he was always in uh you know some some uh k- kung fu karate movies and then every once in a while he would be in a mainstreamer with uh I don't know like Jim Brown or Fred Williamson or someone. But this this was entertaining and um I had never seen it, I don't think. I mean, I may have seen it when I was Goddamn seven years old on TV or something, but, oh, uh, you know, let me tell you something, people, the, the, uh, goatee, I've been cultivating for horror hound and we, let's see, it's, uh, July 26th horror hounds, maybe like in a, a little over a month. This thing's going to look stupid, ridiculous by the time I get there. First of all, it is so gray now and it's getting long. You should have Jim,
1: D, Jim, the anvil style.
2: Well, I'm, I'm, uh, the last time before I cut it off it was getting close to that. I mean, I could grab a hold of it, and make a make a a prominent nice. point and I could also mustache wax it up and curl it like crazy. Well, it's getting to the point now where I'm going to have to break out the mustache wax because I would have to mustache wax not only the mustache but the goatee because it just gets it gets like uh Jimi Hendrix's Lucille ball hair. <laughs> anyway, not a lot, but I mean, you know, it just looks stupid. As soon as we get done with Warhead, I'm cutting it off. No, nah, maybe not. And then I'll regret it. So anyway, but I ain't got such as life. Yeah, such as life. There's things like that, you know. In a bachelor's life, that's you know, big decisions. Next thing I watched was a movie called Lockout with Guy Pierce, uh, Peter Stormar, and uh, there's somebody else in it that's famous, but I can't remember. So I don't care. Um, no, I don't think there is. There's some guys in it that are the criminals. That I recognized from other movies, but anyway, this is a basically everybody's been talking online it's basically kind of an escape from New York deal modern day, except he doesn 't play snake um, Guy Pierce is really good he's a total smart ass uh, and he looks like he did a, a cycle of steroids or two uh, because his arms are fucking huge, <laughs> and uh, it's grim he it looks good, you know, but um Eh, it's it's not bad. Uh, it's not great. It's better than a straight-to-DVD. I mean, it's, it's – hey, I know uh, – yeah, every time now that you say this movie wasn't, like, the greatest thing in the world but it was fun, yeah. as soon as I say that, I think of Sammy saying, there's nothing more ridiculous or whatever than saying, you know, something's <laughs> fun. Well, or, you know, it's like, okay. And now I'll get an email from Sammy that says, uh, I think you're wrong. I didn't say that, which I did <laughs> say last week that will said something and he didn't say it uh and i up i actually offered up apologies um but i did also before i offered up apologies go back and listen to about 50 of their back episodes so i could see i was hoping i would find him saying that so i could say oh, no 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 but you know uh then we some of our photographic memory uh, listeners actually said, you know, I think that was me. <laughs> I think it was when we did a Skype party you know, and all this and that. So, and then, uh, I think Justin and Emily sort of fessed up to saying what I said that I, I thought Will had said. And, um,
1: maybe Emily said it on a voicemail to Gentleman's Guide.
2: Maybe, I don't remember. but remember. but then I said, I, I said that, you know, well, wonder what show that was on. And Justin said it was the one that Sammy wasn't on Gentleman's Guide, and he, Justin, and myself were on there uh, as guests, people, and we talked about. It and he goes, "It was on that one." Blah, blah blah. And I went, and Will did say some things that were similar to that, like uh, that he said that the help, um, he thought that it kind of um, the way that they did it, kind of what not degrading, but maybe sort of like that to the people it was trying to help, whatever, gotcha. you know? So anyway, who gives a shit? But I thought that was funny though. Cause I mean, it's it, all you have to do is say, put online, you know, I wonder when that was said. I and mean, you get like 20 people that say it was this time at this date at this episode. I'm like, great. Yeah, that's cool. That's why I was listening to the old shows. Will. not because I want to listen to you guys again. It's because I was trying to say, I told you so <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I love those guys. They're great. great. Yeah. They were well. I'll, no, they weren't funnier than I was. I wasn't <laughs> going to say that. Um, anyway, next thing I watched was a movie called <laughs> 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 "Laughing." Uh, I, laughing, laughing, Laughing! I watched salmon fishing in the Yemen with Ewan McGregor, and uh, I got to tell you, everybody was talking shit about this one, a la um, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Uh, but you know, which what? means people didn't see it and they're oh, already okay. <laughs> talking shit about it because it's called salmon fishing in the Yemen. It may have a stupid title, <laughs> but if you watch the movie, it's not a stupid title because it's exactly what the fucking movies is sort of about, but it's fucking, I loved it. I thought it was great. And it's a, you could chick flick it with your chick, Ernie uh, lad, Ernie lad, anyway,
1: Egg Le- sucking dog.
2: Hey, let me tell you something. Egg sucking dog. Uh, the uh, the writing in it is uh, it's got some funny shit in it. Um, and you McGregor is he's I really like him. He's cool. Uh, da, 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 next he, thing I watched, he played uh, Obi
1: Wan Kenobi, right?
2: Obi Wan is here. The Force is with him. We don't watch that stupid shit. Uh, <laughs> he did play Obi Wan, and he also played David or uh, <laughs> Iggy. Uh, Iggy pop. Anyway. In another movie to... you watched this week. So, yeah, well, I, as soon as I said that, I was like, fuck, that's up the list. So let's – I didn't say that. Um, uh, rewind. Re- be kind. Rewind. I didn't watch that. I hated that movie. The uh, next thing no. I watched movies. Yes, motherfucker. I don't care if you did work at a goddamn it's, theater. That movie – It's a stuff. kid movie. Be kind. Rewind was a kid's movie? Cute movie. Oh, a cute movie. <laughs> anyway, and we're not going to review kid uh, – DVDs, VHSs, or movies on this podcast today. So anyway, you know, it's funny when uh, when uh, not just certain people, but uh, this has happened on several occasions where people have children and then their show starts becoming...
0: <laughs>
2: shut up. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> watched get the Gringo with Mel Gibson uh, again. I didn't really want to. It's not bad. I just wasn't a, you know. I didn't think it was a great movie. And he runs funny because he's really short. He runs <laughs> like a little short fucking asshole that hates Jews but loves the Three Stooges who are all Jewish. Uh, next thing I watched was the but Hunter. They, they
1: never said it though,
2: so it's okay. Well, you can tell Larry though. <laughs> I'm a little bit. Larry oh, Fine. A l- l- little bit. A little bit. La 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 la
0: la 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 la.
2: I love the Stooges. And, um, you know, I love Diggie's uh, other stuff, too. I watched The Hunter with uh, Willem Dafoe uh, again, and I'm glad I watched this one again um, because it's great. I love this movie. Uh, it's a beautiful movie to vis- – I mean, you know, cinematography and everything is just awesome. Great story, and it still chokes me up. And that's not because Willem Dafoe has a giant cock. Cock! Um, oh anyway uh next thing I watched was uh friends with kids and we just talked about that so uh, <laughs> uh john Hamm is really good in this uh other than that it's uh and megan fox uh some people do you think she's hot
1: she is hot to look at but goddamn, she would should i don't know i don't i don't like her as a person
2: do you know her as a person no just like seeing interviews with her and stuff she seems like total bitch Oh, come on. You seem like a total bitch sometimes, and I like you. Anyway. Yeah, but
1: I don't look like I don't look like her. So, if you did, man. I don't have that attitude because like, I look like her.
2: Do you lick your lips and teeth and stuff like she does all the time? I've, I know you do. I, I was lick my st- own taint. sleep that one night. Anyway, you lick your own taint. I didn't see that. I, wish. <laughs> I saw Mikey licking your taint.
1: Yeah. What? Wait, what? This
2: stupid. This show is dumb. Here I go
1: again. Oh.
2: On oh, my home. You know what? Did he? Did he call in for the contest and leave a no. song?
1: No, kind of, he kind of did. Remember, he he didn't sing that song. He sang something else.
2: Yeah, he did sing something else. But you know, it's kind of disappointing because he inspired that song. <laughs> the Hound uh, David Coverdale thing inspired that, and he mm-hmm. was there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now people are gonna think like, man, that, you know, these guys were there. It's gonna be so much fun. And it was basically the three of us uh, leaving the party and going to the room. Me in and out of sleep on the bed wow.
1: and watching vh1
2: watching vh1
1: mikey sits awkwardly in the chair and zam and i are actually laying in bed beside each other halfway falling yeah. asleep every time and...
2: i would just start to doze off you guys would be like oh look at this like, oh, i can't wait to get out of here uh, next thing i watched was uh uh the before- aforementioned mentioned aaron mcgregor movie Even. with um John Reese myers and um, Christian Bale, who uh, I'll talk about in a minute. Uh, But this movie, I had never seen this. And um, I remember reading one time before that it uh, kind of was loosely based or maybe not loosely based at all on – as in it was kind of spot on about uh, David Bowie and – Iggy Pop, and uh, Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of both of those guys, and uh, I know that they uh, collaborated at one time. I did not know that Christian Bale was in it, but then when I saw that, I was like, fuck, man, I gotta see this, because I think the make piece was talking about it, and uh, um, I just happened to look on Netflix Instant Watch, and guess what? It was fucking on there, and I fucking got my hockey pads on, and I got in the bathtub and watched it on my iPad. (laughs) Um... (laughs) I loved it. I th- uh, we're, well, I'm not going to talk about it much more because we're going to review this motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, we already talked about this off the air. that We're going to do stuff like that. We like planning building. shit. Yeah, we're planning stuff. Uh, next thing I watched was a movie called The Dawn is Dead. This stars Anthony Quinn, uh, Robert Forrester, uh, Frederick Forrest, which I think it's funny that Robert Forrester and Frederick Forrest are in the same movie. So it was a veritable forest uh, of talent. <laughs> And uh, this was before Robert Forrester started losing his hair, and it's like he's got some thick-ass hair, and it's bushy and shit. Uh, This is kind of a um, Godfather-like movie. I thought it was pretty good. Al LaTierre is in it, too. Him and uh, uh, Robert – not Robert Forrester. Him and uh, Frederick Forrest are brothers in this. Uh, Pretty good movie. I liked it. Um, Got it on uh, cheapy DVD. Along with Black Belt Jones at Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Next thing I watched was a movie called Badass with uh, Denny Trejo. This movie sucked dick. Do <laughs> it it's, uh, looks like it should be good. Like, you know, okay, if you watch Machete, to me, okay, I watch Machete. Mm-hmm. And um, then Trejo has a movie supposedly coming out, maybe sometime in the future, called Tyrannosaurus. Um, yeah. And uh, man, this movie—I thought, man, this looks like it's going to be good. It was really just blah, and uh, some of the acting in it was really fucking shitty. Mm. Uh, it just wasn't good at all. I, I spent—I think I spent three dollars ninety-nine cents on iTunes and rented it, and I wish I would have my money. It's not that it's fucking completely totally awful. It's just that I thought it was going to be really cool and really badass, you know? Because it's called badass. Yeah, it, that makes sense. It wasn't that good. Uh, this next movie was way better, and it's uh, a movie that I really like. Uh, I haven't seen it in a long time. It's called The Sure Thing with John Cusack. And uh, this this movie and uh, Say Anything. I uh, mean, I'm telling you what. I forgot how much I really enjoy those movies. And uh, I just happened to catch it uh, the other day, and I still like it. Cusack was fucking fun. The, he had some movies back in that day, back in that time that weren't that great. But this – these, uh, well, Sure Thing and uh, – oh, what was the other one? Sure Thing. I just said it. Say Anything. Both were, were good. I mean I think it's just because they were uh, well-written. Right. Tim Robbins is in this and uh, his scene where they were hitchhiking and him and his wife pick uh, Cusack and this girl up. Uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, so what's that movie? Have you seen that? Um, I imagine you've seen that. I, that one,
1: the name doesn't sound familiar, but the Tim Robbins appearance does. So,
2: have you ever had a sure thing?
1: Uh, Somebody set
2: you up, and it was they said this is a sure thing. No. Okay, well I did, and my <laughs> friend uh, that, um, well I was, uh, ba, 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 I was telling you I was setting him up with a sure thing uh, just a few days ago and told him to put a profile on the dating website. Right. He set me up with a sure thing. Okay. okay. And believe me, it was not, it was, let's, let's just put it this way. The, the, um, the theory that there's uh, two kinds of women, bitches and whores, and whores are women that fuck everybody and bitches are women that fuck everybody but you. Well, if she <laughs> didn't fuck everybody, she didn't fuck me. And I told him, I said, don't ever fucking tell me a girl's a sure thing again. Because I said, let me tell you something. Do you know how it feels when you're telling me that this girl fucks every guy no matter who it is and then she doesn't screw me? Makes me feel real good, motherfucker. <laughs> I, whatever. Who I cares? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, fucking dad. I
2: hate you. But the best part about that was is that in the same night uh when we took his girlfriend and this girl home, uh we found out later that as soon as we dropped them off and left, they got in their car and went back out and uh she his girlfriend was actually fucking around on him. So there. Uh, wha- 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 <laughs> too. <laughs> anyway, that I, I digress. Let's get let's get real. Uh, the next thing I watched was a movie called Being Flynn with uh, Robert De Niro and uh, Paul Dano. Um, I like this movie. Uh, not uh, I was just going to say I like it a lot. Um, I don't know if I like it a lot. We had it at the
1: theater. And I never I never got around to seeing it.
2: It's pretty good. Um, it's um, I did not know as I'm sitting here. I'm not typing as I'm talking because I can do two things at the same time. Uh beep, beep, beep. Like you can What's...
1: put some snuff in front of your front teeth. I
2: got no
0: because I'm always trying to tap up for wasted dudes. Damn, I didn't
1: know Christian Bale was as young as he is. Oh, only,
2: he was born in '74. Is he younger than you?
1: No, he's two years older than me. But damn,
2: do you notice about his, like his teeth when he talks? I can't tell if he's kind of—he's
1: got—he's got—he's got a weird little grill on him.
2: It's not like he's buck teeth or anything.
1: It's not, but they're they're, they're a weird shape that kind of changes the way he talks. It like, changes
2: the way like it kind not mush mouth, but when you watch American Psycho, sometimes when it's almost he's, like a hiss. He's he he holds his mouth like he almost does have a rub of snuff or something stuck up in his top lip. Anyway, <laughs> um, being Flynn, I'm not typing that. I didn't have to say that while I typed. Okay, because what I wanted to say was I did, I had heard of this novel. Uh, or a memoir called mm. Another Bullshit Night in Suck City. <laughs> I did not know that that was being Flynn Yeah, because I had heard about that, you know, quite a bit, and it was, you know, pretty pretty popular. Uh, but I guess um, to get a major release, it would be hard to have up on, you know, the the on a movie poster at the mall. Another Bullshit Night in <laughs> Suck City. Right. So anyway, but I don't even know if being Flynn actually. Well, it probably did in your neck of the woods in the big city. Great. but up here where we got no age. Of <laughs> anyway, I liked it. I, th- I Paul Dano, <laughs> I re- realized while I was watching this, because I remember him from the movie where, you know, what was the the one where um, Alan Orkin is his grandpa and uh, Little Miss. Was that Little oh, Miss? Little
1: Sunshine? Miss Sunshine.
2: Yeah. And, you know, and he didn't talk through a majority of the movie because he was a weirdo kid mm-hmm. and i th- i hated him in that movie because i i just thought of like god this kid is so weird it just Ugh. but <laughs> it's a part you know and uh, he is a weird looking dude uh, he looks less weird in this one when they showed him from the side a few times from a profile i thought you know god he kind of uh liam neeson probably looked like this when he was like 20 years old because he kind of has looks like somebody punched him in the face for being weird and his nose is kind of broken <laughs> it's a little bit but anyway uh de niro uh I'm Not going to spoil anything by saying this, plays a fucking total asshole in this mm-hmm. uh a dad asshole, so there you go <laughs> and and I'm not going to spoil anything, but he also you know uh, and <laughs> the next thing I watched was uh let's see sure thing. how the hell did I get up to being Flynn? I skipped over a really important one. it's called the Three Stooges movie um,
1: <laughs> uh, wait, you watched that why why. <laughs>
2: Um, <laughs> the, the reason I watched it was because the Farrelly Brothers, normally their movies, if I remember correctly, have an adult theme. Mm-hmm. So they could take something like the Three Stooges, and it would probably have some sexual, you know, hijinks and funny stuff and adult humor and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you might as well, if you're going to watch this, just go watch old Three Stooges movies. <laughs> Because it's the same thing. They don't... Okay, you have Sophia Vergara in it, and she wears really tight clothes, and she has big bouncy boobies. But... And then they have... what is it Kate Upton, the model? Yeah. Oh, a, the let me, nun? And
1: let me tell you freak. something fun I found out about her. She has two tattoos. One is a horseshoe, and one is a cross. And she said that, you know, when you get a tattoo, you're going to have to have something, you know, that's going to stick with you. And she figures that... When she's old, she'll still love Jesus and horses.
2: You're so bitter. What'd Jesus ever do to you? Um,
1: Not a fucking thing! <laughs>
2: he gave you a wonderful Ernie lad, wife, and dog. <laughs> and me. on <laughs> the show!
1: Thanks a lot, Jesus.
2: Anyway, um, but, um, it, it just, they Jesus just like, horses, their, their, their did, like, their, This gimmick, and, uh, there wasn't a lot of, uh, Adult like humor, and the part I'm sitting there watching the goddamn thing, and you see in the previews a million times uh, where the uh, the nun lady is wearing the really sexy bathing suit and comes up with her habit on, and he says, "Hey, sister, so and so, what'd you do? Uh, get your hair done differently, or whatever, you know, and uh, change your hairstyle, or whatever." That's not in the fucking movie. Mm. They played that. That was the highlight of the the trailer that they showed everywhere. It's not in the fucking movie, anyway. Uh, that movie sucked. I, I, I don't know if I'd say it sucked. Um, it's almost like, goddamn. you could pretty much close to taking your kids to go see it. And Fairly Brothers, let me tell you something, motherfuckers. That's not <laughs> what I want to see from you. I want to see like balls hanging down and uh, getting <laughs> stretched and, uh, you know, big titties, guys, you know, like when Jim Carrey was sucking on the girl's boob that was nursing <laughs> her baby. That's the kind of stuff we want to see. Great Dane shitting on a yard. Uh, that girl, The girl that... um that was um, the one that played the mother that was nursing the baby in Me, Myself, and Irene. She's the one that was in the uh, not basic inst- Animal Instinct movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shannon Weary. Oh my god. Every guy that's listening to this show I guarantee you masturbated to those movies probably 20 times <laughs> or more when they used to play them on Cinemax all the time. Boy, she was hot. <sighs> Anyway, next thing I watched was uh, "Being Flynn." I already watched that. Uh, Bravo Two Zero with Sean Bean. This is a true story about uh, Andy McNab, <laughs> uh, who was there was a team of like uh, British Special Forces SAS guys in Iraq, and uh, they get kind of uh, left out in the middle of nowhere because their radio stops working or whatever, and um, the one guy, the, t- two of the guys that survived wrote books, Andy McNabb and this other guy. And the one guy, uh, was known. He, he, it was the longest escape in the history of like man. He fucking escaped from the Iraqis and, and walked like 500 miles or something across the desert and survived. Uh, Andy McNabb got caught and, uh, the guys made him like stick his hand in this, uh, fucking in the movie. Somebody somebody uh, uh, reminded me of this as I was watching it. That uh, They said, is that the movie where Sean Bean has to eat shit? Uh, <laughs> this uh, Iraqi guy dropped something in this, uh, like, uh, it wasn't a cesspool, I guess. you know It was just like where they shit in a hole. It was just a big thing of shit. Oh, right. And it made him stick his hand in there, get it out, the keys or whatever it was, get it out, and then made him lick his fingers clean. Uh, <laughs> suck them clean. You know, it was like... <laughs> But it's a, it's a pretty good movie. This is um um the book and everything. I think it just goes straight with the book. It's got narration and everything, but uh, it just shows um kind of how they operated out in the middle of nowhere. And uh and you're in the desert and it was kind of like even they were stunned by this, but you know, you know, I know it gets cold at night in the desert. Yeah. And when it's 150 degrees during the day or whatever, when it gets down to 60 at night, it feels like it's freezing. Well, guess what? They had the worst, when they were on the run out in the desert, uh, the worst weather in the history of that desert. Jesus. It fucking snowed. <laughs> and one guy got hypothermia in the desert. Um, well, let's see. Thanks, Next thing Jesus. I'm- <laughs> Jesus Christo.
1: I-, I laughed in the middle of you talking about this movie because I came across the- a still of Jim Carrey sucking on nipple.
2: Boy, she had nice boobs.
1: I posted it on. on the
2: group. Uh, anyway, uh, next thing I watched. Now this was the. Oh, let me look here. I have, uh, This was probably the highlight of the week, along with uh, now salmon fishing in Yemen was really good. But I don't want people to think, you know, oh my god, this is some goddamn the greatest movie in the world. It's a sweet movie, you know, and I'm all about being sweet unless it's in Black Snake Moan. Um, <laughs> but this it's a nice movie. Modern yeah, uh, But the movie that I watched uh, last night was a movie, a little movie I watched a movie and it was called Bullhead mm-hmm. Did you see Bullhead? I did not get a chance to see that one Fuck, dude, get on you, iTunes It's on or, iTunes, right? Yeah. However, you procure your movies and, <laughs> and get that shit Dude, get that shit It's not what you think it's gonna be. I had no idea. I just from looking at the trailer and looking at the poster and everything, I thought, okay, I know what this is gonna be. You don't.
1: I haven't even watched a trailer.
2: It's so different. I I'm sitting there watching it thinking, How the fuck did they come up with this idea for what this movie is about? So anyway, it's good. I hope that
1: I want to go in cold, so
2: Hope a little bit of uh, pre uh, spermazoa is coming out the end of your caucus erectus.
1: <laughs> How's my caucus erectus? Yeah.
2: The next thing I watched, and this is the last thing I watched because you didn't watch any movies this week, so I figured I'd just <laughs> you're drink filling a whole. in the gap. Yeah, I'm filling out the filling, filling in the gaps. I like to fill in gaps.
1: <laughs> giggity giggity. Ah,
2: oh, God. I know. Uh, whatever. I was going to say something. I'm going to say it. Now watch the movie. Now, we thought about reviewing this movie, but one Mr. Pickle Loaf uh, decided uh, from the word go when he saw the running time was two and a half hours. (laughs) "Ah, I don't want to watch that fucking movie. It's two and a half hours long. So we end up watching The Fucking Wild Bunch. Which
1: Which is almost two and a half hours long, yeah.
2: But I watched Ice Station Zebra. And, uh, dude, this movie's fucking good. We should have watched it. Uh, It's never too late. Patrick McGowan, uh, Rock Hudson, Jim Brown. Uh, the Borg Nine, it's fucking good movie. So anyway, but uh, it's a classic. It is also on – you can get that, that one on iTunes. Um, I'm telling you what, people, and I know some people get their movies in different ways. But uh, if you go on iTunes, uh, they have their movies broken down by um, decade – and I mean you can go fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, and they if, at one time it didn't seem like they had as many movies. They have every fucking thing that you can think of almost. <laughs> and you know, uh, a regular download, I think is uh two ninety nine and um which for you know, rental, you, right? Yeah, yeah, you'd be paying that for rental. And uh and then they have H D downloads too, but you know, uh, the um, the regular ones. Download pretty quick. So, yeah. anyway, I'm I'm just uh you know that and so uh, we're being sponsored this week by iTunes and <laughs> Apple. You know what? Yeah, <coughs> uh, um,
1: yeah, I I had a slow week. Um
2: <laughs> uh,
1: Nothing really great. I forgot to mention last week that I watched The Dead. Um, that is the uh, you know what that is? It's a the African zombie movie. Uh, very interesting. Concept. Uh, it's super low budget, and you can kind of tell um, uh, most of the time. It's kind of an interesting take on the on the zombi- zombie genre, though, because it's kind of like a road movie. There's, it's two guys traveling across the savannah, basically in this broken ass Peugeot truck, mm. and um, you know they can hard they hardly have time to stop because as soon as they do, there's zombies walking around. It's like it, it seems like it might be uh, like a, maybe alleg- allegorical for What's going on in certain areas in Africa now? Just you know, being war torn and stuff like that, and everybody <sighs> trying to pull out and stuff like that. But yeah. it's it's uh, I mean, it's it's really good. I mean, it's you know, they don't they don't get into why where how this zombie outbreak happened and and all this stuff. But basically, these two guys are just trying to get to this air base because that's the last place that people are even leaving from. So, um,
2: I was just uh, when I was listening to GGTMC, which Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. Bring class to trash since 1977. I actually just said brings class to trash since 1977 (laughs) without fucking it up for the first time. Um, Listening to them review the road with Vigo, and they were talking about how it affected them because uh, you know at the time Sammy didn't have kids, but Will had just had little William, and uh, how you know he sat beside Sammy in the theater and they both cried like big babies, Uh, (laughs) which is a hilarious thought. But uh, no, they were talking. I'm beating the shit out of them this week. I'm sorry, guys. Just blown out. You know I'm manic. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I can't help myself. Where's that education medication? Uh, anyway, um, they were talking about in the you know the concept of the movie is there was some kind of disaster or war or whatever. Everything is just horrible. The, you know, no food, no this, no that. Da, da da da. And people are looking at that movie like it's science fiction. <laughs> it's reality a lot of places uh, it's reality in fucking africa in some places you know no food uh food that's even sent over there that you know it's stolen or taken or whatever and it's Lord just Lord sickening. Steal it and shit, and then- but anyway and uh i i just i told uh i think will or sammy whatever whichever one uh that i thought it was funny that in in one review they were talking about sitting beside each other And Will is uh, thinking to himself, oh, my God, I do not want to break down and start crying in front of Sammy because they had just met face-to-face for the first time. And uh, then in the next review, they were both sitting beside each other thinking, I don't want to throw up. I don't want to throw up. Please don't (laughs) let me throw up because they were watching Enter the Void. (laughs) great oh, stuff funny. great stuff listen to their shows man if you don't listen to them already which most people on here probably do go back and listen to some back episodes while you're cutting grass taking a shit or sitting in the bathtub yeah it's just great those guys are fucking awesome the um
1: <laughs> the, the dead the dead was oh, they are really that's that solid
2: wasn't, i wasn't doing that because i was <laughs>
1: you're just you're just awkwardly filling in the end of your sentence the um <laughs> i had to fart yeah sweet the uh yeah the dead was it was a solid movie it wasn't super good but it, it, i like the i like the different take on zombie movie so um i uh so this week um i started off i watched uh with 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 nail and i or with Nil and i or whatever the guy's name is and what are you talking about? with nail and i the movie it's fucking this it's nail and I. Ugh, it sucks it's so boring why do people think this is like this comedic fucking i don't know Masterpiece is beyond me i started watching this thing and i'm like okay 20 minutes in i haven't laughed yet no lie i kind of was i was you know sitting there and i was like okay so this must be almost over it had been 15 more minutes i'm like what the fuck
2: did you get mad actually get mad yes watching it? and i
1: still finished it anyway
2: <laughs> it is
1: no this movie's not funny at all this one had to be one you'd had to have seen at a certain time in your life it seems like that to me. Like I, ca- I cannot see foresee anybody having not seen this. Before. I've never
2: even heard of this. Well, who told you about it?
1: It's on Criterion. It's oh, Criterion. It's uh, I mean,
2: just because it's Criterion doesn't mean it's good. Remember that. I know, but it's, they just pick shit. It means <laughs> they just
1: pick random shit.
2: They do sometimes.
1: I don't know. Not funny. Cri- I if did not like to, it at all. If
2: you go to, like, Amazon or eBay and just put in Criterion, some of the stuff that comes up, I'm just kind of like, okay. that Like that goddamn Ben Affleck movie with uh, Jay and Silent Bob. What? Uh Was it Chasing Amy or something? Oh, Chasing Amy. That's not great. Uh, was that the greatest movie ever? No. Was it's, it, like, a legendary movie?
1: It's better than this. It's better than with Well, Bob. yeah. Well, there you go. Um Anyway, uh, right I'm after I watched that off my list, watch something that was shitty that I still liked better. Um, this is a Joe Don Baker kung fu movie called <laughs> Golden Needles.
2: Yes, I that movie's good.
1: Uh, uh, well, <laughs> it's not. Good.
2: No, 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 no. It's not good in a good way. It's it's a it's a, a classic of JDB. If you like JDB. Why? I, don't, I don't
1: I don't I don't understand why he's in it. There was a nice throwback to um
2: He's a gambler. It's like I'm a gambler. What
1: what what was the what, what was the Buford Pusser, the name of yeah. that walking 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 tall?
2: The, walking tall.
1: There's a there's a throwback to Walking Tall in it when he smashes a windshield with a big log.
2: Isn't Jim – is it Jim Kelly in that
1: one? Jim Kelly is in that one, which is why I was saying I watched his afro this week because his afro was on point in that one. That thing was huge.
2: But see, the thing I like about Joe Don Baker movies back then is he was riding the wave of Walking Tall. Mm -hmm. So people – he was making these movies, and he really didn't fit. Like if they would have had in that one you know, fucking – I don't know, Alex Cord or John Saxon or uh, uh, Fred the Hammer Williamson or something like that. But Joe Don Baker – he was just kind of a not really good looking sort of semi redneck uh I don't know how to put it uh and they didn't play him off like he was this he sweats a lot and he had that fucking hair that was like a seventies thing yeah. it was sort of long but not really long and he dressed weird and um he would they would he would be the star of these movies now if you watched him now and didn't know that he had had this huge success with walking tall, you'd be like. What the f- who the fuck's this guy? Why did they cast him? He just looks like some guy that works down at the gas station. <laughs> <laughs> I really
1: want to watch The Ultimate Warrior with uh, Yul Brynner. Brenner. That looks yes. pretty cool. William It's uh, oh. It's it looks like it's stolen from the Warriors. The fucking font is even the same, but
2: Well, but the only thing Okay, no, nah, whatever. I Well, well maybe, anyway,
1: the um
2: Evo we'll reviews. You know, I was Precious. I was
1: I was going with, with Precious. I did you hear over,
2: about Precious? No. That we were going to review – I forgot to tell you. We were going to review um, a Serbian film next week with Precious. (laughs) I thought for sure that you were going to say, hey, uh, by the way, um, did you tell Will that we were going to review a Serbian film with Precious next week? But guess what? It's up to you, but I mean I just told him that. (laughs) He was like, what's the the connection? I said something like uh, uh, Revulsion – uh
1: <laughs> super sexy? Wait.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no but, but you know, uh, <laughs> the Ser- a Serbian film, okay? I was actually looking looking that up because I guess you know they they have produced a version of it and it's really cut up.
0: Mm-hmm. But I
2: was I was looking you know for for like the uncovered. I'd never seen it and and uh, our our friend Tim told me he said don't watch that. He goes I know how you are. You don't like shit like that. Don't watch it. Will did the same thing to me at Horror Hound at Big Lots. I picked up a movie. It was a uh, one of these fr- one of those French uh, like horror movies uh, with the girl with the chainsaw in the front with the short hair. And he goes Dude.
1: oh high tension. He
2: goes, yeah he goes don't get that he goes i know you he goes i know i've heard you tell me a million times what you like and you don't like he goes you will not like that you will not want to watch it um but and you bought uh, it anyway no i didn't (laughs) i actually took his word for it i bought uh, (laughs) i bought a uh that uh, um um the movie the the comedy about star trek with shatner all right uh and higgins recommended that one and higgins was right on spot on that was fucking funny movie um I got on eBay, and I just put in a Serbian film, and this T-shirt came up with this guy who looks like he's half crazy. It's just his face, like probably when he was half nuts screwing somebody to death. uh, His whole face takes up the thing, and it says a Serbian film. Well, somebody is selling this T-shirt, but along with the T-shirt comes the movie. Uh So it's kind of like when they would say, okay. um, It's not illegal then. You're, yeah, you're buying a
1: t-shirt and here's a copy of a movie. Right.
2: They used to do that with something. They'd say, if you send us $85, we'll send you a brand new penny <laughs> and whatever they were trying to actually sell you. They're selling the t-shirt and that movie. And it was like one person, I think it said like $285 or what? something like that. I can't remember how much it was. It was, it, it was expensive. It was either, <laughs> it was either $200 some or it was $85, but I'm screwed. Up. But so anyway, I didn't get it.
1: Um, I don't know if Robert Klaus is like untouchable because he did Enter the Dragon, but God, that guy—he—he he was like a fucking hack, man. I don't think I've seen besides his besides his. Actually, pretty stuff, good. Gene. What is? What is?
2: He got an Academy Award.
1: Robert Hackman. Klaus did for what? Oh, Hackman. No, Hackman. this said Robert Klaus.
2: You said he's a hackman. hackman. He's,
1: a, he's a hack, man. The, uh, <laughs>
2: that was stupid. I'm sorry. Uh, I apologize. Uh, that,
1: that took explaining. It's never good when you have to break down explaining. I know.
2: You didn't even get the crickets fucking going.
1: <laughs> I mean, this no. It's
2: The uh, Serbian film is only $85 for the t-shirt. Oh,
1: only, that's worth it, then. Um, I don't know. I, Klaus, I, I don't think I've seen, besides Enter the Dragon, I guess Game of Death, even though Isn't that like the half? That's the one they didn't finish.
2: Had Kareem. I don't
1: know. I don't know. He's... Yeah. He he must have stumbled into that one. Can you
2: imagine if Joe Don Baker would have played... Bruce Lee's character. Yeah, well, I was going to say that Bruce Lee character in uh, in uh, Enter the Dragon, but then I also was going to say I, I was going to switch it up and say the Saxon character. But then even worse than that, what if he would have played the chick that Bruce Lee wanted to fuck?
1: <laughs> he doesn't have nunchucks. He has a, just a big fucking stick.
2: That, it? it's... I liked in uh, Golden Needles because um, Joe Don Baker. When he would fight like some of these Asian guys, it was like, uh, you know, <laughs> get the hell out of here! Like he was just swatting. Fly. Like if it would be like if I was fighting five year old kids,
1: he doesn't. Uh, he he's supposed to be like this kung fu master, and and mm-hmm. and no, j- was j- really well. They had they had uh, this old like guy that was their master. Him and Jim Kelly both.
2: But I thought that guy was just a gamb uh, – He was like this, the head of the gam- like he was a famous old gambler. Oh. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Sometimes but, you don't see movies the way that normal people do. He
1: was, he was supposed to be really good at fighting then, but all he did was kind of punch. But his final move was throwing somebody through a window. I don't know how many fucking pig. people went. I don't know how many fucking people went through a window in that movie. It was pretty funny. Stan
2: Hansen could have played that part. It would have been great. <laughs> yeah, oh, that would
1: have been awesome. He just hit it with fucking, a fucking lariat. Big fucking redneck in Hong Kong. <laughs> well, it
2: was a big fucking redneck in Hong Kong. Baby. I know, but he's not,
1: <laughs> he's not like 6'8". <laughs> Uh, that would be awesome. Um, and what the hell else did I watch? Oh, I watched uh, The Taking of Pelham 123. That was the last... Uh, New one, one or old one. The old one. I'd never seen it. Um, this was fucking great. I, I started this probably years ago, and I think I fell asleep like 10 minutes in, and just never went back to it for whatever reason. I'm glad I did. It's it's. I mean, I'm acting like I'm surprised. I've never heard anything bad about it, but... This was really good. Um, this is Robert, on this is on Instant and Hulu Plus and all I think so it's easy to find. I've not seen the new one so. This wasn't Walter
2: my... Matthau fucking just an awesome? He was awesome. He would sure. have been good in Golden Needles <laughs> yeah. in the John Baker part.
1: <laughs> Robert Shaw could have played the Jim Kelly part. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Stiller was funny in it, and
2: I don't know. Everybody's really good. I it's, forgot it's, that Jerry Stiller was even in it. I just a... remember Robert Shaw. I think Martin Balsam and. Uh, Uh, Was Balsam in it? Do you know who Balsam is? I don't remember. Okay.
1: Martin Balsam.
2: Now you know why certain things aren't made legal.
1: Uh, yes, Martin Balsam is in it, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a horrible picture of Martin Balsam with the weird mustache holding the Oscar.
2: Catherine Um, Hepburn says, I am an atheist and that's it. I believe there's nothing we can know except that we should be kind to each other and do what we can for people. No, And she died, too. Probably in hell right now. Yeah, fuck her. Rodden in hell Neither. with her drunk husband, uh, Spencer Tracy. <laughs> Joe Don Baker. <laughs> Joe Don Baker is still alive, too. Yes.
1: Yay! Still carrying a big man. old
2: stick. I love it. I'd like to see him have sex with Shannon Weary.
1: <sighs> I want to see him have sex with Gene Hackman i don't know wait isn't that the second time i said that today who was it who would uh, who was it that i said i wanted to see you have sex with hackman earlier me all oh, right i'm close enough <laughs> that was um, off the air, though. <laughs> that was it um damn that went on way longer than it should have <laughs> let's, <laughs> well let's take a break and, fill in the gaps to come back and do, which one do you want to do first
2: Um. Let's do it in chronological order. All right, we're gonna come back with some wild bunch. Is that what chronological order means? It is. Okay, we'll be right back. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, it's stupid. Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and smartphone apps, social media marketing. Do you have questions? We have answers. I Can Has Podcast is the only social media marketing podcast that brings you the latest news, websites, apps, and helpful tips on social media and online marketing.
1: Download it each week to stay up to date with what to do and how to do social media marketing. Visit us at icanhaspodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at I Can Podcast
0: gather around people wherever you roam and admit that the waters above you have grown and accepted that soon you'll be drenched to the bone if your time to you is worth saving then you'd better stop swimming or you'll The times they are
1: changing, changing. Little Nina Simone there.
2: I like her. Writers She's good. She's good. Side with your she always did Dylan stuff and was really good.
1: Um, so, yeah, this is a. Uh, this is our review of the The Wild Bunch from 1969. The times are changing, ladies and gentlemen, um, lady and gentlemen. Probably have like one woman that listens to this show. <laughs> the show. Uh, the Wild Bunch, 1969, directed by Sam Peckinpah. Uh, an aging group of outlaws look for one last big score as the traditional American West is disappearing around them. Tom.
2: You know, um, I just realized something. You know, all these movies, uh, a lot of movies, whether it's gangster movies, Bonnie and Clyde, whatever, uh, they're always about uh, uh, these guys want to have one last big score, and it's ultimately their downfall. Even if they have a big score, then they blow all their money, and they're like, okay, just one more big score. I just realized I've never had one big score in my life. You know?
1: It's not time yet. You have that one last big score.
2: Well, if you don't count this big plate of German Goo Girl uh, chicken salad that I made during the break (laughs) while Loaf was shitting.
1: No, I was getting coffee to make shit. (laughs) Um, Uh, And he has experienced
2: uh, German Goo Girls now.
1: Gross.
2: Can you say gross? Sorry, Brian Higgins. I am going to Charles Nelson Riley impersonation. I wasn't meaning you.
1: I got me a cock, it's as
2: big as a whale, and I'm about to set sail! Hey, you know what? When you go, next time you go to get your coffee, don't forget to bring your jukebox money!
1: Oysters and turkey.
2: (laughs) I'm going off the rails on a crazy train! Okay, anyway. What With the show's going off the rails on a oh, stupid yeah. train. <laughs> stupid train. Try and keep up. Cricket train. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. James McCormick. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Whatever his name is. It's James okay. McNickNick. If <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> you yeah, could write a course. song called uh, cr- Cricket Train,
1: <laughs> cricket I train. wouldn't stop you. He had to give back his MP3 recorder. That he was he was borrowing it, so it might be a while till we get another recorder. Listen,
2: you son of a bitch! We got if you're going to be part of this show, you got to you got to be ready. Fucking our ideas just going like this. Ideas coming out of our mouth and, and assholes in the end of our wieners. Okay, <laughs> the Wild Bunch. <laughs> okay, that's another that show. Um, anyway, okay, The Wild Bunch was a 1969 raucous romp about a bunch of old keezers going to Mexico. It's kind of like a weekend at Bernie's, except it takes place in the Old West. It's now, I, I don't want to act stupid during this. Okay. But the girl can't help it. I don't want. Girl. Fucking way too much mayo in that fucking chicken salad. It's just like it's just like a plate of mayonnaise with a couple pieces of fucking chicken on it. So bad. All right, what you got here is this Sam Peckinpah, and uh, (laughs) at one time, it's true. Sam Peckinpah was kind of a you know an up and comer, Uh, and then he sort of uh, got on the wrong side of Holly Rock. Uh, and, um, to, I think he has some problems, a little bit of, uh, some substance abu- abuse problems and, um, you know, who knows what that was masking. Uh, but he, uh, the part in, uh, of, uh, the war notes played in, uh, bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia was sort of kind of based on how he was, <laughs> uh, if that tells you anything, Peckinpah was a kind of, that's a cool name though, you know,
1: Peckinpah. I'm sure when
2: he was a kid. He probably got some shit for it, but uh, when he got older, it sounded like a cool name. Which they even did a takeoff on in um, "My Name Is Nobody," where uh, Terrence Hill's reading the tombstones and he says Sam Peckinpah, <laughs> you know. But anyway, this movie um, is a classic western. I would have to. I mean, it's got to be definitely in the top ten, maybe in the top five. Um. But one of the things about this movie that um, makes it kind of an an important American cinematic uh, masterpiece was that Peckinpah, at the time when he was making this, uh, this was uh, kind of a shitty time in uh, American history. Uh, 1969, the Vietnam War was going on, and uh, unlike uh, the wars of today, they learned their lesson from Vietnam, which in some ways is not a good thing. Uh, where they don't show um, a lot of the carnage and the bodies and right. stuff like that on TV, where back then they did. And when they did, guess what? People didn't like it and they protested and they eventually stopped the war because uh, they did not uh, like seeing these dead people and whether it was even Vietnamese people or American people. Now you don't see anything and nobody even half the time knows that anything's going on. So Sam Peckinpah was kind of like, hey, you know, this is kind of bullshit. And, um, uh, American westerns for since the beginning of time up until this time, I guess, uh, were pretty sanitized. Yeah. Uh, you you know, of course, had shooting and Indians with bows and arrows and stuff like that. And the, and but, and
1: the, the Spaghetti's had largely, you know, run their major course by then. You know, they're they right. still making them, but they you know, I don't I don't think they were as broad in a, for the American audiences yet.
2: And- and even for those, even though there the violence and the meanness of, like say, f- a few dollars more, or good, the bad, and the ugly, or or a or, uh, um, fistful of dollars, um, they did have a certain kind of, like I said, almost kind of like a a a, a, cool, a cool, but a cool meanness to them, a cool gritty kind of, you know. Uh, but after seeing. Uh, A movie that we also reviewed, uh, Bonnie and Clyde, um, Peck and Paul said, you know, hey, we need to show what real violence is like. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, instead of doing these John Wayne, uh, Randolph Scott kind of movies, um, I want to make something that uh, shows. You know, when somebody gets shot, it means something, and it doesn't even mean if if it's just like an extra or whatever. There is carnage, there is violence, there is uh, you know consequences to what's going on here. Right, right. Hey, Um, keep keep talking. I'll be right back. Okay, I'll just keep talking, you motherfucker. (laughs) Um, So anyway, Sam Speck and Spa made a movie with a guy named Ickel Palof. No, anyway. Um, so, anyway, uh, pickle loaf uh, had to go. I think he's nobody knows this. Don't don't say anything. I don't want him to know that I told you guys this. But he's got something called mud butt today, and so he's kind of having to get run to the toilet every once in a while. Um, anyway, so Peck and Paul decides he's going to make this movie that um, has some realistic violence and things like that. Um, and it's a classic, and I figure most of the people that are listening to this show have seen The Wild Bunch, if not a bunch of times. Um, this movie has a really cool cast. Kind of, um, William Holden, Ernest Borgnine, Robert Ryan, Edmund O'Brien, Warren Oates, Ben Johnson, Strother Martin, LQ Jones, Bo Hopkins, Dub Taylor. A whole, its uh, it's got some major stars, uh... In the top spots, but you have uh, uh, quite a few um, famous character actors that you will know on site uh, when you see them in this movie, including
1: um, Borgnine, who we we didn't even fucking say Borg, the Borg. Why uh, that at the beginning, um, you know that he did pass away, and I think we might have mentioned it on last week's show if we didn't. Whoops, but the uh, we're you know we're paying tribute to him, and we put a little mm-hmm. vote up, and that's the two yeah. two top vote getters. So. Um, so yeah. So we listen
2: to our fans and our yeah. friends. Some of them, and that's not uh, the exact same thing, because some of the people that are our fans, I don't like. <laughs> and more than likely, if if uh, if that's the case, you're blocked. <laughs> and some no. we
1: don't even know, because I think half our downloads come from China.
2: Nice. So <laughs> um, to all of our Chinese fans out there. A ching a chong chang. Oh,
1: no, no.
0: English, motherfucker!
1: <laughs> anyway. The most uh, racist thing you said today.
2: <laughs> on <the> air. <laughs> um, now, didn't I say something about Jewish people? Bummo
1: you know, Malkep- Gibson and. Something about Larry Fine. <laughs> yeah, well, there you we
2: go. <laughs> hey, hey. So, anyway. If Larry Fine was reviewing The Wild Bunch. You know, can you imagine if he played Pike? No, Mo played Pike.
1: Wait, we're going to be serious about this, remember?
2: Yes, we are. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Okay, so anyway, there's a lot of themes that run through this movie. And one of the themes that I like is... Um, and it's just as I'm saying this, I realize that it's the, it's their code... It's almost like a. Uh, <laughs> I hate to say this, and I, I shouldn't say that because I mean this other movie was a fun movie. Sorry, Sammy. I hate for you to think that something was fun. Um, <laughs> fun does not exist in the samurais world of cinema. Um, Jesus Christ! I hate when I do that, and then I want to go back and just fucking have you edit everything out that I say about people that we're gonna. I know it's gonna make them mad, and we're gonna get fucking or not mad. But they know I can't control stuff <laughs> there are, there is no medication. I didn't like that shit. It made me feel weird um, so anyway um no, one of the things that I liked about this <laughs> is the the kind of it's almost like a samurai code, no pun intended uh, um. It's a, like a um, samurai code, and what I was going to say is when Emilio Estevez kept talking about pals mm-hmm, and Young Guns, um, it's sort of like that. But one thing about this movie – and it was sort of like in Young Guns too um, – they ride together. They're a uh, like a gang, a part of a group. Um and they have this even though they're outlaws they have a code of what they what is expected what they should do what they try and live up to right uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're all like best buddies
1: right and it's not and w- the interesting thing about this film is that it that is that is kind of like a a, a a an element of a western but they're at a time when this is not really the case anymore where you know it's it's every like violence and society especially the one that they're part of now is it's a lot more chaotic and like you know people couldn't give a fuck whether they you're their friend or not you know the, well, it,
2: but throughout the movie that's the one thing i understand what you're saying but throughout the movie you find that even though they speak of you know it was his word and he goes, it's not – that's not what's important. It's who you give it to. Yeah. That ain't but. what counts. Even though they're so – really
1: yell really well, couldn't he? Yeah. He had a good yelling voice.
2: They're, they're so apt to throw that up like this is our code and we got to stick by our code. But even in the movie when you see the past, that code was bullshit even then. They're living uh, with like rose-colored glasses about shit right. like that because they talk about – you stick by your 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 buddy. You stick by your partner. You're in it together from the word go. And if you start this thing, then you stick together.
1: Well, yeah. Otherwise, it's a, you see, know what is it? He says uh, uh, when you side by someone, you stay with them. Otherwise, you're an animal. You're finished.
2: Well, but here's but the and thing they,
1: like they act like animals too, and it's like yeah, a hundred percent. Because I, I think this is like you know it's breaking down the western. It's almost yeah. like a you know it's a yeah it's a meta western, if you will.
2: Meta. William Holden, who is saying that, that very statement, you know, it's his word. When you side with somebody, you stand by him. Or you're not some animals. And I love when he delivers those lines because he's kind of a, an older guy. Um, doesn't look like the most threatening guy in the world or anything, right. but at the drop of a hat, like when he says, if they move, kill them," he fucking grits his teeth and he becomes a mean old fucking bastard, you know, like a tough, <laughs> a tough guy. Um, You see, even though he's espousing that and and saying that with such passion, at one time he ran out on a friend of his and left him to go to prison in Yuma. Uh, They leave uh, another guy that's a part of the gang who is a good friend of one of our Spanish uh, fans and friends from Utah. (laughs) <laughs> Crazy <laughs> Lee, Bo Hopkins. They uh, leave him, you know. And I, ne- I never understood that. Okay, if you know, uh, I'm not going to say this is a plot hole because then Mr. Chris will be like, "Okay, that's not a fucking plot hole. This is a plot hole. Uh, that's not what a plot hole means." And we'll have a goddamn big thing about that. Sorry. Um, which was a good thread. I'm not saying it wasn't. That's the truth. Um, but they tell the Bo Hopkins character who is a young guy, this, 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 this gang that takes, okay. You have several flashbacks and they're also talking about the past in this movie, Mm -hmm. but this gang, uh, that they're going in and doing this shit is not sure. There are some guys in it that are, have rode together and done stuff, uh, together before, but, um, Angel crazily, it was Bo Hopkins. And several of the other ones, um, they're new to this. So it's like they they had the nucleus of, uh, say, Borgnine and um, uh, Holden and um, Ben Johnson and um, Warren Oates. But then they're like, okay, you know, we need more guys, so they go. It's almost like in the uh, the Long Riders when uh, they, you had Jesse James and the, the James and the Youngers. But then every time they do a job, they'd be like, well, I know this guy, he's good. I know this guy, he he rode with us in the Civil War, and they get these guys together. So it's not the old gang; it's them hanging on, and they bring in some new guys, right. and they're tra- and and it's the new. The new guys with the young guys. But what I was going to say was with the crazy Lee character played by Bo Hopkins, I think it was in one of his – that was like one of his first roles. He looked like he was about 20 years old. Why did they leave him there? To They said, you hold the hostages here. Yeah, He says, I'll hold them until the hell freezes over, until you say different. Well, and that's another thing about this movie. It's so famous, and everybody's seen it so many times you can quote shit out of it just like at the <laughs> drop of a hat. But – the hostages had no weapons or anything, so it's not like they were going to shoot anybody in the back. Why the fuck did he stay? Oh, I, man, well, he was crazy, Lee, so he was nuts. He was singing Gather at the River. He probably got caught up in singing Gather at the River when he should have been running.
0: Sing it!
2: Uh, And I love the part where he starts licking that woman's ear. Oh, Oh, now, come on. She gets you filthy trash. And Bo Hopkins goes over and molests this this poor woman in the bank and starts sticking his tongue in her ear. And she – it kind of reminds me of like a German goo girl scene. Um, (laughs) Anyway, um, I want – the thing that I really – the interaction, Holden and Borgnine's characters – Mm -hmm. because they're kind of like the two old sages. And even Borgnine, I got the feeling that even Borgnine had not – he rode with Holden for quite a while, I imagine. But he was even asking him about Old Man Sykes. And Old Man Sykes um, and uh, Deke Thornton, (coughs) who was played by Robert Ryan, Sykes, Deke Thornton, and (coughs) – son of a bitch you son of a bitch peanut <laughs> a fucking peanut. it's like a little piece of peanut those three had rode together way back yeah, yeah. and then um
1: and that's uh, that's something that you know the synopsis didn't really cover and it's not really spoiling anything to say that you know it's these it's two it's basically two guys that work together at one time when you know a situation arose where like like we said already, where one went to prison, the other one didn't, and he's actually the so you've got Pike's story going on with his wild bunch quote unquote, and then you have um you know you have what's his name Sykes hiring deke out of prison to say, you know you can go free if you bring your buddy back mm-hmm. if you you know if you bring him back dead or alive or whatever, then you don't have to stay in prison anymore,
2: yeah, and it's almost like Ryan. And he was perfect in this part. Now, the one thing about Robert Ryan that I found through a lot of movies um, that I had seen him in was when I was a kid, I always was kind of like, I don't like him because he seems weak. He just doesn't seem like, you know, uh, like even in this one, William Holden's old, older, Mm -hmm. uh, but he seems tough. Robert Ryan never comes off like a tough guy. He seems kind of like a weak or maybe a sensitive guy or whatever like that. But. The thing you know you have to remember, especially when you get older, is this is a part he's playing. This is what he's portraying in this movie. He is a broken man. You see every once in a while when he's dealing with his, the um, um, what's his name? The uh, oh shit, Harrigan is um, the like head of the railroad or a guy that works for the head of the railroad or whatever. Mm-hmm. He He's the one that gets um, Deke Thornton out of prison, and he, and he basically tells him – it's almost like he's sort of almost like a slave. He right, tells right. him, okay, you're going to go hunt these guys down because you know – Oh, wait.
1: I- yeah, that wasn't yeah, – yeah, yeah. Okay. Wait. So which one was Sykes then? Maybe I got, I got the name wrong.
2: Sykes is the old man that that uh holds the horses and that you know. Oh, oh, oh okay,
1: okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, anyway. I, I got those names confused. I thought Sykes was the the guy that hired Deke.
2: No, no, no. That okay. was um that was Harrigan. Okay. Um, you know, thirty days or thirty days back to Yuma or whatever. Um but he holds that over Robert Ryan's head and um several of the guys in the gang, in William Holden's gang, who didn't know um didn't really know this Deke Thornton played by Robert Ryan, you know, say that son of a bitch or whatever. And William Holden immediately like jumps to his defense, you know, uh, uh, basically saying, you know, um, he's having to do what he has to do or whatever, you know, and and there's, they were friends. They were like really good friends. You know, they partied together, they robbed trains and everything. And, and uh, so Ryan is like I said, they show why he is the way he is. Mm-hmm. Um, where he'll kind of, you know, first of all, uh, they they portray this Yuma prison as like a hellhole. <laughs> and like I said, I mean, he's he's basically a broken man. He's he's been tortured, uh, you know, basically beaten down like a beaten dog. But um, Harrigan uh, saddles him with a gang of uh, like bounty hunters, but he says several times he, you know, these guys are just the dregs. They're they're just white trash scumbags, and they and, they, and the guys they have playing them, um, you know, are are just fucking perfect. Like LQ Jones and <laughs> Partner, the two main ones, and they are just so. They're like people that I don't even want to say that might live around where I live. Um, they ain't got
1: no education.
0: They <laughs> ain't got no education.
2: I got, his, I got that one, and I got that one too, and I must have shot all of them together.
1: One of them did yell at the beginning. I wrote it down. You two-bit redneck peckerwood.
2: Peckerwood. <laughs> that was a good one. But you see the disgust, even though Ryan is uh, – he, he portrays it really well as you know the part that he is – kind of a, a worn worn out, broken down, beaten old man. Uh-huh. Uh, but when he's dealing with these guys and he considers himself a professional and a, a, and that these guys are just scumbags and he snaps every once in a while and basically just tells them, you know, you guys are just nothing but a bunch of white trash and blah, 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 blah. Well, like I said, Holden, um, it's funny because I don't know – it. it, it I'm sure that a lot of it has to do with just friendship. When you have that tight of a bond with somebody, uh, and something happens, uh, you still have feelings for him and you understand he, I think he understood, uh, where Deke Thornton was coming from because, you know, that's when he says, you know, he gave his word and he says, well, you know, to who a railroad, but he kind of defends him when these, it it would be like, if you're, if you're dating a woman and you're in love with her and blah, 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 and things go south and they go shitty. Right? I've had this happen myself where I could sit there and just talk shit and say, you yeah, know, fucking bitch, blah, 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 blah. But then if I was sitting there and somebody said, you know, she's nothing but a whore or nothing but a, you know, whatever, you get this twinge almost like, you know, that they cause you still have that little bit of a feeling. And, um, so those guys, but, but it's, it's that, but it's also a feeling of guilt, With Mm -hmm. uh, Bishop Mm -hmm. because he feels like, you know, okay, I – our code was we were supposed to stick together, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, it was – it basically was uh, fight or flight and, you know, he took off and left uh, Deke Thornton to to end up having to go to prison. But this whole movie, like you said, is based around pretty much those two characters – and what what's uh, 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 one pursuing the other? They show the flashbacks of, but not a lot of them. But they show like you know just a few flashbacks just to set the stage, right. And 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 the feelings between these guys and, and everything. Apparently, everything the, else is apparently kind of
1: those a- things were cut out at one time. Um, this is it was restored to vid- on video and had some of these flashbacks put back in. So I couldn't. I mean, it would be a to- well, totally different movie if you didn't when have you that.
2: Think thing. about it. If they didn't show if you if they ne- if you never saw the part where they're in the hotel room with the hookers and or you know the prostitutes or whatever and that 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 flashback shit goes down and you just went from the dialogue of him telling him you know it was his word you know and uh and and the and the acting you I think that you still like you said it would be totally different because it would leave it up to your imagination you'd know that Bishop and him were really close. Yeah, something happened, and the, even the looks—look in Holden's eyes. Where when him and Borgnine, when he does do the, and that's one of my favorite. And that's why I keep going back to it because I think it's, it, it really shows what the, the the movie is kind of about. When he says, "You know, it was his word," and he snaps, he kind of catches himself. Like he he just jumps to his friend's defense, and then when Borgnine starts saying, "You know," he. Borgnine knows nothing about this, and he's just saying, "Okay, no, wait a minute. This guy is, you know, supposed to be your friend, and he's fucking chasing us, and he's going to try and kill us, and you're sitting here defending him." And Holden kind of catches himself, and he's like, "You know, he realizes what Borgnine's saying is true. Yeah, but then he realizes that he loves fucking Pete Thornton, (laughs) and that they were that they had that man that that homoerotic man love, and uh, you know, so anyway, the movie." has a lot of different things going on it it is like uh, you know was it it, run, it runs over 2 hours yeah, um and there's yeah there's there's the the end of the old west kind of a thing cuz it's supposed to take place in like 1913 yeah so even though these guys are still living that old west wild frontier outlaw you know shit um, things are changing, and even though they're in South Texas and Mexico, where things haven't changed quite as much, they can still. Thanks. Uh, they can still. Um, they're still have the ability to ride the horses and to yeah. live that kind of lifestyle.
1: But I mean, they see a car come in, which was yeah, you know, totally. I, I, it, a lot of the people acted like they'd never even seen a car before, right? And I, mean, and I guess even, they probably uh, hadn't. But
2: the one guy says, you know, they have one of those up up north that can fly ah that's a balloon you old fool uh (laughs) but but
1: the the um you know and then you know with the 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 weaponry is another thing in this one because you know you take for granted a lot in action movies and westerns that you know that every character knows how to use a gun well and in this one i mean you got the you have a mishap with a machine gun and like they you know they talk about they talk about 45s and like, oh, well, only the army can get those. Yeah. and
2: This was – like I said, this was this – was I was going to say about the time of Pancho Villa, but it was exactly the time of Pancho Villa because that's what's going on in Mexico at this time. And this 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 movie takes place at, at the exact same time that, say, the movie The Professionals with Lee Marvin and Burt Lancaster take place where they're going down – Uh, A bunch of gringo mercenaries are going down to Mexico at the time of the Mexican Revolution where um, um, Pancho Villa and um, Emilio Zapata uh, were leading this revolution against the government. So you know, like you said, it's 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 the beginning of an era and the end of an era, and and the the guys like Borgnine, Sykes, Deke Thornton, and these older guys are seeing their time pass them by, and that's another thing that I like is you get that feeling of of uh, nostalgia by them looking back at the past with this fondness, which, like I said, is probably a lot of rose colored glasses. Yeah. You know, uh, I remember—I can't remember what Western it was or what movie it was, where the guy said something about the good old days, and the other guy says there were never any good old days. You know, it's like you're just looking back on it that way, but they're looking back fondly at that, and they're seeing their time pass away, and their their time is coming up.
1: Yeah, and the re- uh, I as mean, the re- even
2: their lives. The you reality
1: know? is, is that you know, World War One is right around the corner, and right, that, and that you got these, and that's that's another cool thing about the film is one of my favorite things is. You know, you have them kind of—they're almost like a, like out of a time machine because things are changing so quickly. You have these giant things happening around them. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their old school approach, but you have these political struggles. You and they're—they're—it's—it's it's all like—it's all for nothing. It's like why they're even yeah. doing all this. They're—you know—they're—they're yeah. they're trying so hard and doing all this stuff. They end up with a fucking bag of washers at one point. They,
2: well, it's almost like just a uh, um, when you say why are they doing it, it's almost just like. Um, the reason they're doing it is just because it's just this is what we do. Yeah. You know, they e- easily, you know, probably could, if you watch the movie uh, with uh, Sam Shepard about Butch Cassidy, uh, where, you know, he was down in Mexico and all this shit happened and, you know, he basically came back to the United States and, you know, lived after they found the DNA and everything, they proved that Butch Cassidy didn't get killed in Mexico. He came back to the United States and just kind of lived his life they these all these guys could have done the same thing but they're outlaws and they were outlaws for a reason yeah i mean you and i and everybody else you know that lives a normal life and has a job and everything there's some people that just they're just not going to do it they are um they're going to rebel against that they're going to say you know why not me why can't i have this you know and instead of going and working for it but but the and the thing that gets me about that is they say you know i'm not going to take orders from anybody you know i'm going to go do this and that but then in, even in this structure, Holden is the the CEO or the boss. Yeah, uh, they're taking orders pretty much from him. And even though they're like, you know, I ain't taking no orders from nobody. they're the the work that they put into planning these jobs and the work that goes what you would consider hard work, putting your life on the line, going in and doing this shit, ha- these long rides where people are chasing you, uh, and all this shit. And then they get this money and nine times out of ten in every job they probably ever had, as soon as they get the money, they go out, find a (laughs) whorehouse, screw a bunch of fucking women, drink like goddamn fish, and blow every single penny of it. Um, Or get it
1: it stolen by bandits.
2: Yeah, but that's just their mentality. Now, the one thing I like about this movie too is even though – Watching the movie, the characters, there are certain things, certain characteristics and certain times where you're like, you know, man, William Holden was cool in this part or Ernest Borgnine or whatever. For the most part, most of the people, even the top name people in this movie aren't really like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Paul Newman, Robert Redford, you loved those guys. They were buddies in the movie. They were yeah. buddies in real life. It came across. They were funny. They played off each other with their sense of humor and everything, and they were likable. And when they got killed in the end of the fucking movie, it, you were just like, goddamn, that sucks because those guys – I love those guys. You know, these guys are hard asses, uh, but not just hard asses and not likable because of some of that stuff, but some of them – like. The Warren Oates and Ben Johnson characters—they're two fucking redneck dumbasses <laughs> who, you know, probably they're criminals. And uh, like I said, the guys that that uh, Thornton has in his gang—they're just kind of really scummy. They—they they are like the. Um, there are several times in this movie where you see vultures, you know, hanging around. Uh, and these guys are like almost like the vultures or parasites. Uh, you know, every time that there's a killing or they kill a bunch of people, these guys swoop in and start taking their the watches, see, their yeah. clothes, their shoes. And they're like, and they don't think anything of it while Robert Ryan's standing off to the side just looking in complete and total disgust. Um, but the one thing about this movie and I was, when I was watching it and maybe it's because I've seen it so many times, there was a, a section sort of in the middle where I, I, I kind of was like, okay, there's, they could have trimmed a few things as far as the time goes. And I think, okay, they had the one scene where they were in angels, um, like hometown or home village road, hometown. Know. And OK, I know I know that's important because I like the part where they were sitting around getting drunk and talking and you, and they set up the thing with Angel and his girlfriend. OK, that it wasn't as much that I think the part where they were going back and forth, uh, there's a part in the movie where where they, they they become instead of like bank robbers, these guys are seeing times change. Uh, as they have robbed trains and banks and everything, of course, then the trains and the, the people that own the banks and the people that own the trains are making it harder and harder. It's like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, the same thing where they're they're having bounty hunters and Pinkerton men and stuff like that hound them, uh, security in banks, security on trains. Things are getting tougher. So these guys are looking for opportunities to make money, yeah. and they, they become – they go from being – Outlaws in the United States to becoming more like like I said like mercenaries, and uh, they they see an opportunity with the government in Mexico because of this war that they can make some money and and, and, and doing some things for the government down there um, but that there was a, a whole sequence where they were going to go do that job for this general. And it involved this, you know, a wagon and going back and forth and bringing, you know, a certain amount of whatever they were stealing, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. That kind of was, to me, a little bit overly long. I can see why they they had it that way, but um, I think that they could have trimmed a little bit because it yeah. did it did drag for me just a little bit at that part
1: after after when the when they get the guns. That's when it. I, I felt the same thing. It's like it's the movie really slows down right there. Right. It's about no, it's about an st- hour and a half into it.
2: There were still some cool parts there, but also when they go to when they they get all the stuff and they go and they're celebrating, and of course the uh the 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 Gorch brothers uh, Warren Oates <laughs> and Ben Johnson are it's 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 kind of fun watching them get hookers and shit like that, and they show their Lack of style and their redneckery, you know, where's our women? You know, they're having like this big thing. And and Warren Oaks just stands up with his big gap tooth, buck tooth, redneck stuff and just yells out, you know, how come they get all the women and shit like that?
1: What, What? Okay. Were they in the big vat of wine or liquor or whatever taking yeah. a bath? Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if that was alcohol or if they were in a bath then. And
2: I, I I can almost imagine that Warren Oates was probably fucking drunker than shit and him and Peck and Paul <laughs> were getting drunk. Well, Holden was a notorious fucking alcoholic, and these guys were probably getting smashed. And they said, you know, here we got these uh, these Mexican ladies are going to play the part of these prostitutes. And Warren Oates is, and uh, Ben Johnson are yeah, trying to pull their tits out and sucking on their tits and wine <laughs> and all the shit. Okay, that was, that was good and everything. But th- there was some of that stuff that kind of – it just – it went on like it didn't need to go on as yeah, long. Ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the part that kind of drives. But then again, you're you're you have the initial robbery at the beginning, and, and that was a, a huge thing, you know, with all this action. And you know, we also have to mention that you know Peck and Paul. There was a TV show, um, and and this this is funny because that goes back to this. Um, the guy that he hired to do the cinematography and everything for this showed Peck and before they went to Mexico. This TV show. And in the TV show, one very young, Joe Don Baker gets killed It was a cop it was a, a, a police or a cop TV mm-hmm. show. He gets killed in the TV show, and the guy that shot the TV show did a he shot it with a couple of different cameras, one going at regular speed, one going at another speed, and one going at like super like slow motion and Peck and Paul saw that, and he goes fuck yeah okay we need to take this to mexico we need to do this and you see that that's another thing in this movie that uh was kind of groundbreaking and peck and paul after this movie, used this in Convoy and Osterman Weekend. That was like his calling card was the slow motion, and it almost got to be where it was a joke, like a uh, not a parody, but almost like a joke where people would be like, uh, "Sam Peckinpah, somebody gets kicked, and Craig T. Nelson goes fly, or Regurg Howard gets kicked by Craig T. Nelson and goes flying in slow motion and everything." So they did that a lot, but you had that big thing there, and then you had a little bit of a of a lull. It was almost like a roller coaster ride where yeah. you had the. The 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 big thrill and then it kind of dies down where they're sitting around they find out they have the washers and shit then it goes back up and then back down and then back so he's kind of masturbating your your thing so so when I say there was a lull there it's quite possible that it was meant to be a lull because that shit was leading up to the 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 fucking ultimate you know downhill of the roller coaster so anyway um, I liked the all the like I said, the brother, the brotherhood kind of a thing, and they really made you feel the even though um, you only saw just a small part of it, they really made you feel that connection, yeah. Uh, the hurt, the pain, the friendship between Holden and Robert Ryan's character. Now, when they get to Mexico, um, you kind of had with Angel. He was like the. Uh, all this stuff has to. It, all this stuff. There, there, there was a, a variable in there, or uh, uh, yeah, well, like a variable that that caused. If if you have a a bunch of boxes of dynamite, uh, and they're just sitting there, you know, nothing's gonna happen. Right. But if you have some little kid over there playing with a goddamn match or has something that's making sparks, uh, so you have to have that to set things off. And right. that was, you know, of course, has to be a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say angel, but it really wasn't angel. It was a, you know, um, angel a learned the lesson that we all learned. And that's another thing. Yeah, I, I love that
1: th- scene when he, he yells, puta! And blasts.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> This is something that I've experienced now that I'm you know, an older dude um, with some of my friends that are younger is what William Holden, Borg9, and Edmund O'Brien and Warren Oates and Ben Johnson are experiencing with Angel. Angel is seeing something happen with you know he's completely madly and totally in love puts this girl up on a pedestal she's the greatest goddamn thing in the world the love of his life oh my god his heart just fucking aches for her mm-hmm. and then he finds out what reality is that sometimes that shit doesn't work but Holden Borgnine um Sykes Ben Johnson and Warren Oates probably not Ben Johnson and Warren Oates cuz i doubt if those two guys ever were in love with anybody but mexican prostitutes that they Double teamed, which they did mention. I think they DP'd a couple of them. <laughs> you know, what's that mean? One behind the other. Yeah, that's what we was doing. <laughs> uh, no, no, they had the double penetration in the fucking Old West with Warren Oates and Ben Johnson. But anyway... They see they they almost look at it like Jesus Christ you know angels over there going he's fucking almost ready to fucking kill himself kill somebody else he's going nuts because this chick fucked him over raked him over the coals and those guys are all sitting over there yep been there done that you know <laughs> dude fucking chill out who gives a shit but he can't see anything because he's just crazy with love so you have that I kind of like that now one thing that I <laughs> I read and I thought this was cool because you kind of get a a perspective of what could have been. Peckinpah actually offered the role of the William Holden character, Pike Bishop, to Lee Marvin first. And what could have been if Lee Marvin would have played? Now, I'm not saying it would have been better because Holden was fucking perfect. Perfect. But, you know, Lee Marvin, it could have, you know, if what could have been if he would have been in that role. But he ended up taking. Oh, Jesus Christ, the one with Clint Eastwood, "Paint Your Wagon," the the, uh, the Western. Uh, it was a uh, musical Western, and it was Lee Marvin and fucking Clint Eastwood singing. So anyway, he took that probably because the money was more. You know, it was already financed and yeah. the money was available. Okay, the part of um, Deke Thornton. Now this was offered to several people, but one of the ones that I thought would have been interesting was Henry Fonda, the part of the um, uh, General Mapache. Was offered to Mario Adorf, who is a big, uh, you know, uh, yeah. GGTMC uh, icon. The part of um, Ernest Borgnine's character, Dutch, was offered to fucking Steve McQueen. So can you imagine Lee oh, Martin? Wow. Steve McQueen and the part of and this is what reminded me of it. The part of Angel was offered to Robert Blake, which you know back then when Robert Blake was in in Cold Blood and Electric yeah. Light Blue and everything, I could see him playing this part. But he wanted too much money because at that at that time he was pretty fucking uh, big up and coming star, and you know uh, he was he was in demand. And they said, yeah, "Fuck you, uh, you're going to kill someone <laughs> anyway." <laughs> but you know it would have been perfect. In retrospect, if Robert Blake would have played Angel, knowing now that he possibly may have killed his fucking wife, I wonder oh. if Robert Blake might have yelled, puta! Puta! <laughs> <If crazy. laughs> but anyway. It's, it's, uh,
1: it's crazy that a movie, a, a Western, an American Western, twice has a man yelling bitch. And shooting a woman right in the chest. <laughs> yeah,
2: but the movie are, are uh, you know, but you know, they 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 cause a lot of fucking problems. It's it's almost like um, I don't know if I would say that. Uh, this well this is definitely a macho ass macho ass fucking movie macho motherfuckers uh misogynistic i'm not sure because but it's a man's movie
1: yeah they the don't only, i mean they it, i don't think it's misogynistic cuz women don't play a huge role in it well,
2: but the only women in the movie are basically prostitutes or fucking cunts that fuck guys over yeah. <laughs> and it's saying if you look at it like okay if these guys would have just been left to be guys we used always say this at work that you know you can be with your buddies or with guys you work with and you can you know ever if you if you're together long enough you kind of sometimes get on each other's nerves and you might snap at each other. I've done that with several you know guy friends or whatever. Even guys you know have done that to me and you snap each other and you almost get on the verge of where you're you know like okay motherfucker I'll beat your goddamn ass or whatever. But with guys you can do that and then. Once it kind of blows over, you can just kind of be like, ah, fuck, hey, man, sorry, you know, or, and you be buddies. Women hate each other. They can't be friends for any length of time before they end up hating each other's fucking guts. They cause fucking... Every you know when Mel Gibson said that Jews caused every war on the planet, I think it goes. To, I think first of all, I think Mel Gibson's a fucking idiot for saying that because I think that's totally untrue. It goes way further back than that. It's
0: <laughs> the, <laughs> women have caused every fucking war on the planet.
2: No, but I think that movie, this movie, sort of is like that, um, in a way. But like I said, it is a male macho ass motherfucking movie. Mm-hmm. With the most male macho ass motherfucking ending ever on the planet of the fucking earth. Uh, the ending of this movie is has to be seen to be believed. And I'm, I'm not just talking about the actual uh, action, the lead up to it, where they've all went, they've all fucked their goddamn nuts off uh, with these prostitutes. They get up in the morning, they look over at the women and they're like, man, this is this is, you know, couldn't be any bit, you know, i i i've we got all this money. We just fucked all these bitches. Uh, but being a man, you know, that's what i'm supposed to do. Yeah. But one of my buddies is in trouble. And we're going to let's and they see everything changing around them. Yeah. They see uh, their time dying off. They see themselves getting gray, old, broken down. They look at Sykes, who is this old man with a beard and tobacco-stained beard, uh, who is even older than Holden and Borgnine and them, and they're looking at him and seeing how he's kind of a little bit crazy now. He's fucking uh, losing it a little bit in his mind. He can't even fucking stay on his horse sometimes mm-hmm. and shit like that. So they're seeing him, and they're like, fuck, you know, okay, we can end up like him because – there's only so long they're going to be able to live this lifestyle because it's a rough and hard lifestyle, and it's a lifestyle for younger men. They're seeing that, and then they make that ultimate decision. You know, our buddy's in trouble. Uh, we need, you know, this is our code, and then that walk. Yeah, where they go and they, you know, walk out and Pike's putting on his gun belt and doing this and he just looks at Borg Nine and they just know what they're going to do. Right, and I'm right. getting fucking goosebumps talking about it. I swear <laughs> to god. And they just start looking at each other and they're just like, "Let's do this shit." And, you know, everybody that that probably listens to our show has seen this movie fucking about 100 times or you know, something like that. But the shit that goes down is just classic. And yeah. um it's it's almost it's probably it's probably
1: what Earned it like an X rating for violence when it came out,
2: and I know that it's a movie, but you know this is like uh, almost like the Alamo. It's what legends are made of. You know, uh, this is something that you you think in the movie after this happened, this 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 thing that happened probably became a goddamn like a legendary story or something, in – Fucking Mexico, or that people heard about across the border, you know, these guys did this or whatever. And you see this a lot. I mean, you know, whether it's Magnificent Seven or whatever, where it's uh, a handful, or, or seven samurai, or 13 assassins, or, you know, 47 Ronin, um, where it's a handful versus, you know, un- insurmountable odds. Yeah, and I'm not giving anything away because, like I said, most people have seen this or whatever. But still, you know, I'm not going to go into exactly what happened. But well, the way it, that it, it's
1: mirrored at the beginning, you know, yeah. and that I read somewhere that the is with the scorpion with the kids with the scorpion like feeding it to ants.
2: It's almost like original sin and and cruelty to me. I mean, when I watched that, that's the I've heard people discuss that uh, and the peck, you know, what Peck and Paul was going for there and everything. But it was almost like. Uh, I remember when I was a little kid like that, and you had no. I was thinking about this today, not even in the context of this movie, but when you were a little kid and you were out in your backyard, and like we had like a, a, a like a my dad put a basketball hoop up on this fucking tree, and we, you know, and, and it was just like dirt, you know, from where we played so much, there was no concrete or anything, just dirt or whatever, and you know, the ants and stuff would be right. and you would just go down there and be sitting there playing and, and squishing ants or something, or and not think anything of it. You you had this uh, as I I I might think, and this might not have anything to do with what it is or what they said it was about, because I don't remember. But to me, it was almost like, like I said, like almost when they say original sin, you these kids they don't know any better. But there's a cruelty. Mm -hmm. There's there's a certain uh, the 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 violence. They don't think anything of it, and that's and
1: that's that mirrors what's happening around them. With you know, with this huge like, I mean. It's not really a Mexican army. It's just a kind of a, a, a cobbled together thing by this general.
2: Yeah, but of they, they were scumbags, and and they'll
1: kill. They, they kill for whatever reason, just because it's there's something there to kill.
2: Sure, and and and, and even at that time, the, during the Mexican Revolution, that's why that's why uh, Zapata and uh, Pancho Villa and these guys stood up, and uh, you know for the for the fucking poor people down there. Which now they would be probably called communist, and you know <laughs> everything else, tree and, and, and popul- socialists. Yeah, talked about like shit, but um, those guys were. It was the elite one percent stealing everything, leaving these people living in squalor. And they stood up against them, but this echoed the Vietnam thing where you know we're over there uh, killing, going into these villages and killing people like ants, like like they're nothing. They're the you know they always say during war they demonize the enemy and they they become they they try and get people to think of them as subhuman where they're nothing they mean nothing you know it's just you know uh killing almost like in a childlike glee yeah without any uh empathy or anything like that and um there there were several scenes like that especially right there at the beginning with the kids you know where it it was just kind of and one thing i like to and I don't want to say uh, – well, I guess I say like because uh, we're talking about – I like it because it showed real violence and what it was like is at the be- – whether it was at the beginning or whether it was at the end, um, when there is this massive amount of gunfire, you see a woman or a, a man – a woman get run over by a stampeding horse, just get stomped, mm-hmm. uh, get killed. Uh, people in the background just getting, you know, the bullets going through and killing total innocent bystanders at the beginning in this town. Uh, at the good guys up on the roof—they're supposed to be the good guys, maybe the Americans in Vietnam, shooting into this crowd like Kent State or something, and fucking killing innocent fucking people. They're trying to shoot the bad guys, but they're shooting everybody, and everybody's going down. Everybody—it was that crazy fucking time. You know, Kent State, Vietnam, all this shit going on in America with the war protesters, uh, the you know the communist uh, insurgents who are, like you said, demonized as being the bad guys. Uh, here are these guys that are they good? Or Holden and his bunch—they're outlaws, but are they good? Or are they bad? It, it, it is being good and bad just depending on the circumstances, mm-hmm. how somebody's viewing it? Right. If you're the railroad guy, they're bad, but if you're uh, a guy that's looking at these railroad guys as these rich industrialists who treat people like shit, then they're good guys. It's just, is there any, is there any, is morality subjective, you know? So maybe that's why. God damn, I'm just we're getting too deep. <laughs> so anyway,
1: and then, no, where are the titties? Oh yeah, there were titties in this movie.
2: When, when Warren Oates and Ben Johnson are pulling out those girls' titties and stuff, <laughs> uh, those guys were funny. Warren Oates was hilarious in this fucking movie. Ben Johnson was a little bit more reserved in his redneckery, but Warren Oates was kind of the mouthy redneck brother. So anyway, um, one thing about this movie also, and then I'm gonna just let you fucking do your thing. And, I
1: don't have I don't have much more.
2: <laughs> well, but um, this movie. At the, at the exact same time when they were talking – it was almost like uh, when they made Tombstone, and at the exact same time that they were going to make it, Kevin Costner says, I'm going to make this movie called Wyatt Earp, and they start – Buying up all the fucking horses and the guys that do the horses for Hollywood and the costumes, and there's almost like a a battle to see, or or if it was the asteroid movie with uh you know uh, impact or sort of sudden or whatever it was, and and then the fucking one with uh, Bruce Willis It's coming out at the same time. Well, there were two movies that were in in the planning stages that were going to come out at the same time. Mm-hmm. One was Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, the other one was The Wild Bunch. Now, the actual gang Butch Cassidy. Gang was called the Wild Bunch. Yeah, it wasn't the Hole in the Wall Gang. I mean, some people called it that, but it was mostly known as the Wild Bunch. You
1: the whole, see, the Hole in the Wall, the Glory Hole Gang.
2: Yeah, the Glory Hole Gang. That's us <laughs> at Horror. Um, but there's a lot of similarities yeah. between these two movies. Yeah. You had Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Their time was coming to an end. It was the sort of the exact same not the exact same time but uh, they had talked about going down in the movie uh when they were at the whorehouse uh Redford and Newman sitting out there well we you know we ought to go you know fight in the Spanish American war remember the main you know we'll change our names we'll go down we'll go straight right. uh things are changing the um, banks are harder to rob the trains are harder to rob the pinkertons are fucking hounding their asses they go down to South America there's this big thing at the end uh this nihilistic uh you know uh, uh uh you know
1: disregard for human life.
2: Well, times are changing yeah. and this is this is our end and we're choosing our end and and instead of growing old and becoming whatever, our time's done and we don't want to live in this new time. It sucks.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: and and so there's a lot of parallels, a lot of similarities there. And Peck and Paul said, man, we need to get this and even in the studio said, we need to get our movie out first. So yeah. they went down to Mexico, and they fucking made this fucking movie <laughs> to get it out first before Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Both fucking excellent movies, both classic movies. I was, I was
1: reading the, on the trivia on IMDb that 90,000 blanks were fired, and like <laughs> they used like 10,000 squibs in the filming of this or something crazy like, like that.
2: It's like they were doing the uh, the blanks, and he goes… No, no, this sucks. And he's probably fucking snorting so much coke. You know, he's down in Mexico. <laughs> it, you know, it's just a plethora of fucking big piles of cocaine. He's drunkard and shit. He's got his bandana on his head. He's fucking dirty looking. Looks like Warren Oates and fucking uh, uh, Bring Me the Head of Alfredo. No, no, no. No, no I don't want that. And he fucking takes a pistol that somebody had a real pistol that had yeah. bullets and just fucking shoots it into this wall. He goes, That's what I want, you know? Yeah. I can't imagine being on the fucking set of a Peckinpah movie, knowing now
1: what you know about him.
2: But who knows at the time? um, I know he's a major alcoholic, and then when he Mm -hmm. got older, he you know when the eighties rolled around and cocaine got big, he kind of got into falling into that shit. But um, you know. There was a there was a lot of uh you, you listen to guys in you know, Westerns or whatever movies about Lee Marvin getting drunker than shit on the set and he can't even fucking fucking do his lines or perform for the day. Uh John Wayne, Robert Mitchum, William Holden, uh all these guys, Peter Finch. You always hear about um the the Richard Harris, Richard Burton, um and those you know, the British actors that were known for, for being, you know, Getting getting drunker than shit, Peter Finch and all this stuff. But the American actors were fucking slamming them down too. They were, <laughs> there, was, there was there was I don't know if there was a competition going, but they they sure as shit uh, were fucking uh, some major league alcoholics too. So, um, <laughs> I don't
1: have I I don't have a lot to add, but the you know you mentioned the slow motion the um there's there's quite a bit of that in here, and there's a lot of um kind of intercut scenes where maybe a guy will be falling off of a roof in slow motion and it'll cut back and forth between something else happening. It happens in the train scene. It happens in the shootout at the beginning. Um, it's it's a, quite a different way of filming. Um, it made me think of um, the way Hopper did some of the scene train changes in um, Easy Rider, which I, I thought those were a little awkward when they would kind of flash between what was going to and what it just yeah, happened. Yeah. This this works a little better. It's very stylized for especially for a western, but um I thought it was pretty cool. So Um um I like the quote, We shot our way out of town for a dollar's worth of steel holes. <laughs>
2: yeah, he like with the other bag and he goes. Silver rings. <laughs> oh my god, what a dumbass. <laughs> Them's washers.
1: Uh, uh, washers. Um Silver ring. I love the little flashback When it shows Pike When he it, It's the way he make, them, they make him They make Pike younger Is just Get rid of his mustache But they He still looks all the shit But yeah, he, uh He He has his he,
2: shirt Fucking like Hanging open Like fucking Tom Jones he <laughs> Like gets on a bed the,
1: He gets the fucking Saliva slapped out of his mouth By this woman The groceries go He has a bag of groceries In his hand They go flying all over the place I thought that was pretty funny But um You know like I was saying earlier The that's what that's what I take away most from this movie is the the old west mythos versus the I guess reality of current society and there's a there's a game on PlayStation Xbox stuff um, the guys that did uh, um, uh, Grand Theft Auto did it uh, huh? Red Dead Redemption yeah, t- yeah yeah takes place at the exact this exact time.
2: That would be awesome. I was going to say, you know what would be awesome is if they just made a movie or a a game called uh, The Wild Bunch and you had the exact same (laughs) characters and everything. And then you had – you know how in some games where they'll have, okay, well, if you do this, you get a secret character that comes out. You had secret characters from other Westerns. Like you could have like John Wayne from The Searchers or Rooster Cogburn or fucking Glenn <laughs> Campbell. Wayne Campbell! <laughs> you know, something like that. <laughs> or you could just
1: be the little kid that says,
2: you could be You could be the fucking Mexican whore that fucking fucks everything up and gets everybody killed. Yeah! Yeah, you know how they are. <sighs> fucking whores. Mexican
1: whores the um sorry mexican whores. sorry um, mexican whores we didn't mean it um you know 11. like there's there's like uh, you get you get times in this where the heroes of the movie are not the unstoppable force like you're used to seeing in westerns they are i mean they're almost helpless at times because they're fucking, they're swarmed on like you see the ants at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then the, the, we know you see that whole thing with the ants swarming, and then the kids are just like, ah, eh, fuck it, and they just burn the whole pile of the. Yeah, whole Yeah,
2: they, they had them in there with like a this. The, here's these scorpions. Maybe they represent the scorpions represent Holden and those guys. Yeah, yeah. They're they're these badass motherfuckers. But when you have all these, you know, things just
1: they can yeah, do nothing.
2: They they were trying to sting them, but they, it's like. Hopeless. Yeah. Which, you know, might be like a little bit of a metaphor for the end. But which every, you already said. You yeah. Know.
1: Every, everybody's very good. Um, and, I, you know, I read somewhere that that scene with the scorpion was Im- improvised. So a lot of it was. Something with the train was too.
2: I wonder if, if nowadays, if like fucking PETA would fucking go berserk.
1: They would exactly. go berserk with the fucking horses in this movie. Yeah, the horses. I that, felt bad for the horses in yeah, this movie. Yeah, there was a that, lot of
2: shit like that. That
1: incredible scene with the bridge did not look safe at all. No,
2: and, I, and when I was watching that, okay, now I know that they can make the thing look, uh, you know, it wasn't like they did demolition. They had something set up where it was like almost like a hinge, Yeah, and they, yeah. the explosion was probably more um, – smoke and shit like that well who knows if it's peckinpah and, and it's in mexico they probably didn't give a shit <laughs> they were probably like yeah they filmed to it in 12 days they didn't have but much yeah, time those to guys, they fucking fell off that goddamn bridge on those horses and you know oh brutal. brutal
1: um that's about it you mean you 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 were thorough sir you covered it quite well, well
2: i had some coffee I just I did too. The, um, I started looking at the clock and I was like, "Man, we've got to wrap this shit up. We got another movie. Oh, to fuck, we still uh, got to do a Serbian film and fucking precious." Um, we
1: can just get yeah. we can get our ratings here. I mean, you did you did great. So,
2: oh, ratings. Yep. Uh, this movie. <gins singing> damn man. mm. Mm 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 honky tonk man. I give <laughs> this movie a nine point five. Nice.
1: Um, for me the slower parts are enough to bring it down some. I give it a an eight point seven five. Um, I have not seen it as much as you have, mm-hmm. but every time I've watched it, I've liked it more. So it very well could be in the future that I'll get something e- even more out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I saw it, it would probably it probably would have been like a seven and a half. And I've grown to like it more and more every time I've seen it. So
2: it's one to revisit. So many times, and uh, even when we decided to do it, one of the reasons. Okay, now this is a little behind the scenes thing of Silver and Gold, but you know we're going to pull back the uh, curtains a little bit and show you guys what really goes on behind the scenes. We were thinking that you know, I know that that um, some other people have talked about covering this, and we were thinking about that. But one of the things that I was thinking also was. I have seen this so many times. And when you've seen a movie a lot like that and you've seen it so many times, you wonder if, when you know, watching it again, if it's going to have the same, if you're going to be able to review it and, and, Really like it, or if you, just because you've seen it, if it's going to be boring for you and you're it's going to affect your score. And, what right. you, and it, I just watched it and I was like, f- I mean, there's so many fucking great lines and scenes mm-hmm. of you know, just dialogue, just you know, just fucking this is a macho ass movie. I know I've seen this said this a million times. I don't know how women would think about this movie.
1: Yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, it's I,
2: I wonder if they would, uh. I'm like, why didn't they just do this? <laughs> well, no, yeah. Why? Why didn't they just all sit around and screw over the guys a little bit more and make money? And you know, and, no. But I mean, yeah, Seriously, I, I just I don't know. I don't know how if if women would like this movie. Maybe they would. Now I know some of our ladies who are just the, the fucking most awesome women. Of the, you know, that's one thing I'm spoiled about is. All the women that listen to our podcast and that are in our community are so fucking awesome.
1: They'll like the movies we like. And, you know, I'm getting some
2: ass right now because I'm going to see them at Whorehound. No, they are. They're, uh, seriously, they, they are all so awesome and, and, and so such a part of our community and, and we all like the same things and everything that it's hard to go out and find a normal, regular woman that's just like a normal woman. It's interesting because they're, all. <laughs> because they're not as cool. Yeah. You know?
1: Um, Cool Well I'm uh,
2: telling you what If if that didn't fucking give me some points I don't know You got it You're in Yeah baby
1: Um, Yeah so uh, (laughs) Let's take a break 8.75 and a 9.5 Wild (laughs) bunch Uh, Let's take a break And come back and do Poseidon Adventure We love you Borg9 And Will Thank you Will Bye And Vish (laughs) And Vish We love you too
0: GGTMC Live
1: For you, fresh air! Big Willie and the Samurai are at your service, breaking films down and turning them around, giving recommendations that are always on point. Visit ggtmc.com for more information. The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, bringing class to the trash since 1977.
2: Get your towels ready, it's about to go down. Everybody in the place, hit the fucking deck. deck. But stay on your motherfucking toes. We running this, let's go. I'm on a boat, I'm on a boat. Everybody look at me, cause I'm sailing on a boat. I'm on a boat, I'm on a
0: boat. boat. Take a good hard look at the motherfucking boat. I'm on a boat, motherfucker, take a look at me. Straight floating no. Can't stop me, motherfucker, cause I'm on a boat. Picture drink, I'm on a boat, bitch. We drinking Santana Champ, cause it's so crisp. I got my swim trunks, and my flipping flippin', bloppies. Bloppies. I'm I'm flippin bloppies. bloppies. I'm flippin' burgers, you at Kinko's, straight flippin' cabbage. I'm riding on a dolphin, doin' flips and shit. The dolphin's splashing, gettin' everybody away. Whoa. But this ain't Sea world, this is real as it gets. I'm on a boat, yeah. motherfucker, do it's going fast, man I got <laughs> I, actually
2: just, I actually just got a call during that, and I don't know if it picked up on the thing from the from the uh, doctor no. about my balls. Uh-oh. So I have to call them eventually and find out what the prognosis is. I hate to be on the air and call as like a joke and then have them tell me that they're going to have to cut my balls off on the air.
1: I'm sorry, sir. You have Howard to amputate. <laughs> we have to amputate Howard you from the I waist down. down.
2: Yeah, we're going to amputate. Yeah, no, from the waist up what the hell was that music
1: <laughs> Lonely Island is the guys from Saturday Night Live that
2: sounds good to me that sounds like Cher
1: <laughs> T-Pain do
2: Poseidon they look at me
1: he when- says Poseidon look at me
2: when they, when they uh, do that with the uh, what do they call that
1: uh, uh, uh auto tune.
2: Yeah, Cher would do that shit. Yeah. Ugh.
1: When you can't Cher sing anymore, you do it.
2: Well, these guys are young.
1: Who? Lonely Island?
2: Yeah, aren't they young?
1: Oh yeah, Andy Samberg and. Oh, they other, just couldn't sing to start with. <laughs> well, that's T Pain doing that. T Pain is not part of them. He's a he. That's like his thing. He he sings through it auto tune like that's.
2: Well, I don't know why I'm fucking saying T Pain huh, when I'm fucking like Dr. Zom and Pickle Love. <laughs> I almost started playing the next I didn't know how racist I was until I started doing this show. Oh well, what can you do? And you um, know, everybody's prejudiced in some ways. All right, I so love everybody. I try and treat everybody the same. Poseidon like Adventure,
1: shit. <laughs> like shit. 1972, uh, sir. If you would introduce it, yeah.
2: Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> A group of passengers struggle to survive and escape when their ocean liner completely capsizes at sea.
1: <laughs> this is directed by ronald neem Neem-y? neem i don't know this guy um the uh i'd never seen this before and i'm glad i finally watched it i never saw the remake i haven't seen this one so and i love gene hackman and we're doing it for borg nine who plays a very uh important part in the movie he's a um I mean, if you want to get technical about it, I guess he's kind of like the uh, the questioning person of the of on the faith versus reality side of the art, you know, of the argument.
2: He's the Mr. Chris of the Poseidon, C-
1: right? Um, which is a great thing I love about this movie is is mm-hmm. like they're mm-hmm. kind of like climbing up out of hell the entire movie, which is really neat. So. As the, you know, the, the top, which is now the bottom of this boat is exploding and they're, you know, slowly getting away from it. So not knowing what they're heading towards, like heaven or something. Um, fuck.
2: I used to like this movie until you start pointing out <laughs> this shit.
1: But, uh, you know, th- so this film is like this. I could see how Leslie Nielsen got the job as the pilot on the, on an airplane just from this probably. <laughs> um, because in this one, he's. Straight-faced and does it, and you know, and he doesn't say anything about it. Mm-hmm. Ever seen a grown man? No, that, that wasn't him. He he's the he's the uh, inspector. The grown man naked was the pilot. Sorry. The um, but he plays a very similar. When when Leslie Nielsen acts serious, he's the same in every, pretty much everything. Um, which is this. So it, this is a you know, it starts off as a um, this they're they're retiring this cruise liner. Um, there's a lot of very well-off white people going to Italy.
2: And, um, <laughs> wait, you're saying there weren't any, uh, there were, there were not many minorities to be seen. There was no cultural diversity. There
1: were not, not at all.
2: Mel Gibson wouldn't have wanted to be sitting at Shelly Winter's <laughs> table though. She went, she gained some weight for this movie. Um, yeah. I liked her a lot in this movie too. She's a big hit on luscious lips and golden lips and luscious hips <laughs> without well,
1: the hairy belly. The, um. <laughs> coffee um yeah. and so the you know the corporation that has bought this ship or basically they're selling it for scrap and they're like we got to get to fucking Italy as soon as possible cuz we're going to get our money and none of this none of this pussyfooting around you're going to do this Mr. Captain and you're going to you know and they're already overloaded with shit they're top heavy and everything and then there is an earthquake mm-hmm. uh obviously not uh immediately affecting the ship but if they're out at sea but as we saw most recently with the you know the whole thing in Japan, these earthquakes under the sea can cause some crazy fucking shit. So goddamn fucking right. This our earthquake off the coast of Crete causes a giant wave of water, uh, which will slam into this already top-heavy boat, and the boat completely instead of you know sinking, it turns upside down. Which is pretty fucking nuts. Uh, <laughs> I never even knew, honestly. I when, I when I haven't seen films, I typically don't even look at them because uh, until I'm going to watch them because I, I like to go in cold. Mm. And that's how I was with this one. I did not know. It's that like it sex. Was, right. I still haven't had sex, so I don't even know what it is. Yeah, um, the, um, it's just it's a It's a crazy thing to see the interior of this giant boat when it's upside down and yeah
2: there's 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 several times when i was watching and i've seen this movie i don't know how many times where you almost have to remind yourself okay when they're walking on these this gang plank or whatever they're walking on the bottom they're walking on the ceiling yeah yeah they're walking (laughs) on the ceiling and, and there were there was just a bunch of times where it just hit me oh shit yeah okay when they're going through these doors the 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 bottom part of the hatch or the door would be closer to where you could just walk right through, but they're up where the ceiling, where they have to kind of step up into it. You have to climb
1: through a door. Hell,
2: upside down.
1: This, um, I mean, there, you know, there's a scene where a a kid goes into the bathroom and all the toilets are just on the ceiling, which, I mean, well, they're not, they're on the floor, but since it's upside down, which is pretty crazy looking and it's, it's very disorienting. And the beginning of the movie, I didn't notice it by the end. They, there's, a, there's a slight move to the camera as well. So you get a feeling like the sea is rough already. Right. Um, and I was like, shit, if this keeps up, I'm going to fucking throw up trying to watch this thing. But <laughs> I didn't notice it by the end. So I don't know if they continued it or if I just got used to it. Um, but that's when we're, you know, I, th- I didn't know if that had something to do with it. Because when, you know, also when the movie starts, there there's there's just been a big storm or something and the boat is just swinging like crazy and... Um, That's when we're introduced to Borgnine, who is a former detective, his character is, and his former prostitute wife, (laughs) uh, played by – now, what is her name? Stella Stevens. Stella Stevens. Stella Stevens and her fucking remarkable rack. Good lord, if this movie wasn't just rated PG or whatever it was, (laughs) I'm sure we would have gotten to see those monsters. (laughs) Yeah. But she's sick in bed, and uh, and I kind of like their relationship. They, How you know, about
2: her? Uh, e- or her? Um, what was it, her? Like her uh, nighty or whatever? That blue see-through. Uh, oh my God. It was kind of like, um, oh, what do you call it? It Had like that pattern on it, but you could see right through the motherfucker. I thought that was what she was going to wear to the goddamn dance or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, because she, you could see no bra, and you could see like almost basically right through the damn thing. And yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was
1: really, really hoping when he gave his shirt to her that we were going to see her change, but no such look so yeah. um, the um I totally lost where I was um, <laughs> I love all the seventies fashion the um and this yeah. movie, this movie is very seventies even though it 's only seventy two it's still everybody's already wearing fucking like tight polyester pants and big hair and
2: everything totally so. totally I remember like my mom and dad and their friends and stuff when they would have like a cocktail party or a Christmas party or something mm-hmm. like that and we'd all get together, them wearing like that those clothes. I mean nobody wore the Stella Stevens uh silver uh no bra uh gown or whatever but I mean all that other shit the what the guys wore, what the fucking, you know, it's like, oh my god, the hair. Oh.
1: <laughs> so it's very it's very disorienting with, with this movie essentially being upside down because this is a constant it's something you take for granted that when you walk through your house, the stairs are going to be the right way. You know, you're know, you not going to have to step through a door or anything like that. It adds this whole you know thing where if you were just Can walking. Can you
2: imagine the sets? I know. I mean, the they didn't have a ship that they actually turned upside down and walked in, I don't think. So.
1: No, the set blew me away. This thing is completely <laughs> filmed on a set. It was on – I read this as – it was on hydraulics in particular with the, the ballroom scene. Yeah, now, when, yeah the, when it actually turned over. When the ballroom scene turns upside down. I fucking – I was so impressed with that. I watched that scene twice. I rewound it and, and this watched is, it again. this
2: is pre-CGI and everything. Yeah. And there's stuntmen and
1: – There's some stuntmen fucking taking some some bad falls in this. <laughs> sliding
2: and falling. And you know the one thing I thought when, when it was turning over is your your first instinct would be whatever – what a lot of the people did, which is to grab a hold of something. Yeah, and That's then they the get stuck on the – That's the worst thing you could do because then you're stuck on the fucking ceiling. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, and they, and nobody knows what has happened because and the
2: greatest n- the greatest stunt that, at that time because I you know I saw this when it came out when I was a little kid with uh, a big stunt that they showed over and over and that they talked about on like uh, whatever TV shows or whatever was the guy hanging from the ceiling and when he lets go he falls into all that that big glass almost like a stained glass whatever it was yeah it's
1: almost like a window but it, it's, it's, the room is completely watertight. Um, well, so they think, but so so it's not it he you know by breaking through this window he's not breaking into another room it's just it's made to look like a stained glass window I think there's just lights behind it or something yeah but um it, it's just a it's such a great story element that the people that we're gonna follow are in the ballroom because this already adds this challenge because a ballroom has a, a ceiling that's going to be four times higher. Mm-hmm. Or more than a normal ceiling so now we've got the situation where we're stuck on the fucking ceiling how are we going to get out of this room because all the doors are 25 feet above us
2: and that's where lionel richie got the the uh, idea for that song
1: <laughs> also filmed with a rotating room there you um, go now the um that yeah just a great great scene uh great with, yeah great stunts too the um I, I dig the constant theme. We're, we're given to it. We're given it early. Um, Gene Hackman is a a priest. Now, I don't remember if they said why he was being moved. Um, uh, he,
2: probably for molesting children. Yeah, I
1: would say so. But he, um,
2: no, he wasn't. A, he was more like he was a he was a reverend. He wasn't not a priest. He was like a, a Protestant. Oh, okay. Cause, well, because had, you, you know he was you know because you know he was well, awfully touchy feely Sometimes
1: they wore the collars though. The guy that he was with also wore the priest collar, so I don't know if there's. Well, I've seen
2: some of those fuckers that wear that shit.
1: Okay. The um.
2: (laughs) So, he just wore a turtleneck a lot of the time.
1: Being a priest or a preacher or a reverend or whatever exactly he was, yeah, he did have a turtleneck. But his bullshit artist, his bullshit, his bullshit artist boss wore the wore the priest collar. Um, he, you know, he's already in a natural leadership position. Um, so he kind of becomes the focal point of this group trying to escape.
2: I think he wants that. I think he like. I mean, I think that that he has. I don't want to say a point to prove, but I mean, he is one of these seize the day kind of guys. Yeah. And when this happens, I mean, I don't want to say he relishes it, but I mean, it 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 is almost like this is what I'm here for. This is the challenge, and this is what I'm going to do. Where other people are just kind of. You would think, and that's what I think that uh, uh, rog- Rogo's uh, wife—you know, him being a detective and everything—and a person of uh, in a in a position of power and he's stuff seen, like
1: that—he's seen some shit, and he's the realist. But, it, but he
2: doesn't step up. But right. maybe, it, maybe, it, but maybe it is because he is a realist. He's seen so much shit that he's kind of jaded. Yeah. And okay, good.
1: But it's 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 really good how the people that we're going to spend time with you. Uh, you get to know them early in the movie you get you you, you, know, you learn you learn Gene Hackman's character uh Reverend, Reverend Scott um yes I
2: saw, as soon as I saw that <laughs> I I was like hey you know what ha- where where have that guy
1: so you you get uh you get Reverend Scott's uh, you get you know you get an idea of what his character's like rogo with the you know the interesting twist with where he's married to a prostitute that he busted five or six times um, you have, you have,
2: um, <laughs> he, he, he continued. <laughs> and that was like a revelation to her. She goes, well, you arrested me like six fucking times. And he goes, how the hell else was I supposed to keep you off the street until you agreed to marry me? And she was just kind of like, what? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then you have, you know, you have the older couple, Shelly Winters. And I don't know her. That her... was a
2: uh, Jack uh, Albertson. Jack Albertson. Uh, Manny was his name. Chico and the man. He was the man. Um,
1: friend... Jack Albertson was, uh, Oh, he was—he was the—he was, the, was the dad or the grandfather in, uh, in, um, in Charlie Little. and the Chocolate Factory, right? Yeah. um yeah. So, the, um, so wow, they have. That your manic sneeze for the day. The uh, <laughs> and the, you, so you have this that, older that couple over there screaming, traveling to I think Israel or something to see their grandkid who they've not met yet. There's just been born, and um, so you get to know them
2: that their grandkids name was Melvin Gibson.
1: I didn't wait. They said that? Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. Um wait, who's Melvin Gibson? <laughs> I don't know who Melvin Gibson is, sorry.
2: Dude. Oh, Mel, Mel Gibson.
1: Jesus. <laughs> <God, geez. laughs> Jeez, that took oh, way too long. Oh, <laughs> that took way too long. Um maybe mm-hmm. they're maybe he's Palestinian. The uh <laughs> Um
2: carry
1: carry on carry on i'm sorry the uh now pretty you get a kind of a feeling because of him kind of taking the reins that heckman is almost cocky yeah
2: and i think that i think that really kind of digs at borgnine it kind of like pisses him off like you know yeah fuck are you you know
1: and well and i felt the same way maybe i'm maybe i'm more of a borgnine maybe i'm more of a a um
2: well, he was cocky. He was kind of you know. Yeah,
1: maybe I'm more he, of a Rogo kind of guy. But you I was, would have
2: died. You would have just laid down and died.
1: <laughs> I probably would have.
2: But sucking on Stella Stevens' tits. Uh, oh my God!
1: I wasn't entirely on Gene Hackman's side for some of the movie. Well, you there know, were
2: times there, especially at the beginning, where he okay, he takes charge and he's like, "We're gonna go do this. We're gonna go. And like Hackman. He kind of he, even when he when he, when he gets madder and yells, he, his voice <laughs> gets higher and he's he's a tough guy. But you know, yeah. it does and. But there's people that are sitting there, and 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 you, now you know because of the movie, you know that okay, these are the main people, and that he's probably doing the right thing. But if you were there, you'd probably be like, "Who the fuck's this asshole? Sit down, and shut up!" This guy that's the head of the boat or one of the people that's in charge is telling us to stay here.
1: Right. So I God mean,
2: told him to, and you know, you, you gotta have faith.
1: But yeah that I mean like I said like I said earlier that 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 theme of faith that faith faith that's brought to, that's throughout throughout the film you know even even he, even he has moments of back and forth which is which is kind of neat for me um but, I was
2: But his whole theory though um he was a preacher or a priest or whatever but he was almost I think one of the when you said why did he get moved I think it was cuz he had a maverick kind of attitude which was mm-hmm. Don't sit here and pray. Don't get down on your knees. Don't believe. He didn't. It wasn't faith that he believed in. It was don't quit.
1: Well, it kind of Help was at yourself. the same time because they're going to an area of the boat where they. He just thinks right. that's where it's. That's what's going to be their salvation. They can't no, stay but, where but, they are. They've but, got to move. They got to move forward. They have to he go to this use place. logic, right?
2: Which was. You know, this part okay, first of all, the way the boat's sitting and everything, this part's, you know, probably underwater, blah, 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 blah. We need to go to this part. But then the the oh my God, the obnoxious, annoying fucking little kid <laughs> is telling him, say, hey, you know, I went with this guy and this guy told me this is the the uh, thinnest part of yeah, the, the it's the only steel. one inch
1: thick and then Borton So it wasn't like-, like
2: he was just going like, you know, I think maybe I'll see, let's see, uh God told me I should go up here. You know, He wasn't going as much on that. His His faith was was more along the lines of, um, "I have faith that if we try,
1: something good will happen, and
2: we do this ourselves, then you know something could happen. But if we just sit down and just say and do absolutely nothing except pray, you're a fucking goner. Yeah, yeah. And that's how some people think, though. You know,
1: but uh, losers. The The set is just incredible. Um, that the the complete budget, besides paying, you know, Borgnine and Hackman and all those guys, red the complete, buttons, the, <laughs> red buttons the, the complete budget had to have, uh, entirely must have been spent on this amazing set because there's upside down rooms everywhere. There's fucking areas just that all of a sudden will just fill with water. I mean, obviously they had to have sealed off sealed off these rooms and made it so they were, weren't just flooding the cameras and shit. <laughs> and these people these actors they this is this had to have been a physically demanding movie Cold because and they shitty. look
2: fucking tired dude oh yeah <laughs> um well you know they're in that water all the fucking time and they yeah. take after take after take
1: and but uh now i gotta ask there's a scene where borgnine jumps in um water i think they must be in one of the like I don't know. If, I do know if they're they're probably not called this. The smokestacks or is whatever. Is that when he was
2: trying to save uh, trying to
1: save one of the waiters or something that was with Galen
2: him. from Planet of the Apes? Yeah, or not called, Galen, uh, Cornelius. There's,
1: so there's explosions in the boat that keep happening underneath them, which is the top of the boat. But mm-hmm. the um, so what what happened? The boat shakes, things happen, or and it allows water to enter new areas. And one of the explosions knocks this guy off the ladder. That they're they're climbing up the inside of it's like it's either it's either a maintenance hatch or it's one of the smokestack things on. Yeah, the
2: because it's like almost like uh, when you have something that's so hot, uh, if it's smokestacks and it's running on whether like would that be running on diesel or? I know would, a diesel it would, engine. Yeah. It wouldn't be coal, you know. It was bad past that. But I'm just saying, you know, all that 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 just that cold water rushing in and hitting. Yeah. All that you know, I guess I don't. It was know.
1: probably it was probably pipes bursting and stuff like that. You never you don't you see some fire, but for the most part, it's just either well, a water lot of it rushing. was steam, you know. Yeah, yeah, But um, so you know, Borgnine jumps down this shaft trying to help this guy, and he crawls back out of the water. Now, I don't know if it was a stunt double crawling out of the water or, did, or if it was Borgnine, but whoever it was had some fucking serious guns on him, man. Like
2: <laughs> oh, Borgnine was... You know, Borgnine looked like, like yeah. almost like an old-school old, old school wrestler from, like, the 50s or yeah. something. Yeah. He had that barrel chest and, you know... They show big him from, arms and they stuff. They show him from
1: the back as he's pulling himself out of the water and I'm actually doing the motion that I would be crawling out of the water on a ladder, but the... Um, and his fucking... Just the the, the fucking bicep, like busting out there and i was like whoa was that borg knight or not i couldn't tell
2: that's why stella stevens liked him he had oh, it all yeah he was macho man
1: um now i will, i was immediately on board with this movie on board boat, boat you runner, were or boat you reference. weren't i was because one of my big phobias is being trapped underwater Ugh. be it be it under ice be it in a room and i knew that was going to happen in this movie <laughs> i just knew yeah. it and i was i was on edge the whole fucking time because i knew that there was going to be a moment when somebody had to hold their breath i was watching alien through alien uh, four recently yeah and they had to do the same fucking thing and i was like you know you find yourself like the, he's like okay you got to take two deep breaths and then yes, hold the third yeah, and one. then you try and, and, you, and you, see you do if the same fucking them. thing and i can never hold my breath as long as they do
2: <laughs> well and then but but the thing is um Like they would say, a lot of times we do that in a movie because they would say, okay, we have to swim here. And, you know, we, you know, more than likely most people, you know, at the most can hold their breath maybe like two minutes or something like that. And they'll say, the movie time and regular time – and real time aren't the same. Right, right. Because they'll be swimming through there, and you're like, okay, now wait a minute. God damn it. This <laughs> is like four minutes, and it was supposed to be only two. Nobody could hold their breath that long. So we'd, we'd always do that too.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the pressure you, um, inside
2: the ship would have been much greater than the outside pressure. With all the doors open inside the ship, when the torch first – Cuts through the hull; the air would have rushed out, and the ship would have begun sinking fast. I oh, I thought they were going to say something about the thing blowing up, but so anyway, that's just a little factoid.
1: The um, poking holes in a fucking fun movie. The <laughs> uh, a, like po- poking a hole in the hull of the b- of the fun movie. Um, the uh, so yeah, that that scene I'm sure it's one of the highlights of the film where they have to, you know, they they've Hackman's found this area that they have to get through. And it was not filled with water before, but now it is. Um, and, yeah, that scene, I, I was just like, fuck, fuck, you know. And then I felt exhausted after watching that. The uh, And I, I got a little dusty eyed with this underwater scene. It is there an pretty, underwater scene? right? At, well, right after.
2: Okay. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: The, uh, but, you know, it's really awesome um, when, you know, Hackman's going through first, and uh, Shelly Winters takes it upon herself to go. Help him! Mm-hmm. I it. Like I, I I laughed out loud when she did the dive into the water because she wanted to go first because she said she was a swimming champion, like underwater mm-hmm. swimming champion when she was in high school. But now she's kind of chubby. With she, they make some fat jokes in the movie. Which, Unless
2: you're on that one uh, group, and then she's hot,
1: <laughs> right? Uh, but
2: what <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> really funny when they were helping her get up this upside down staircase on the on the you know the slanted all it is, is a slanted ceiling and. Um, Where they, they have to
2: put the uh, hose put the, around her? They put
1: the hose around her and kind of drag her up. And he's like – the little kid's like,
2: it's okay. I helped
1: my dad lift a 600-pound <laughs> uh, 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 marlin into a boat just last year.
2: Oh, there were endless <laughs> – at this time when this came out, you know, uh, um, they're – I remember seeing it and people just laughing out loud and even talking about it after the movie when Stella Stevens goes, I'm going first if, in case fat ass gets stuck. <laughs> and people just busting on Shelly <laughs> Winters. There was parodies in like Mad Magazine and all these parodies. There's parodies online right now if you put in uh, Poseidon Adventure on Google image search of, of like uh, the I think the guy from fucking Mad TV that played oh. Curly you know, <laughs> dressed up like her swimming and stuff. But you know. I did read and I was talking to Emily about this cuz I thought she was the one that wrote a a blog about this mm-hmm. about how you know people it was just so acceptable that people made fun oh. of Shelley Winters and her weight during this movie but how it was kind of cruel <clears throat> and uh oh, sorry I just ate a sandwich anyway um <laughs> no uh but I think though the movie first of all that 's dialogue that was written. she was okay with it because she did it yeah, and yeah. and not only that, but that was what they were going for, you know, so you know whatever, whatever. she was fatty uh, but, and she uh, and she was a hero, you know, so she fine, did, and you know? she
1: had skinny little legs which <laughs> is, <laughs> when she was swimming underwater, uh, Shelley Shelly
2: winters was a good looking woman or a hot chick when she was young, you know
1: i mean in uh, like I said, she gained weight for this real for this role, so i 'm not sure And what, never lost it never oh that's too bad she she liked she liked the process of gaining it, so probably just stuck with it. Well, don't it. we all? Yeah, I know I do. Yeah, I have a note here. God damn her and her panties and silver heels. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> women's shoes. I was thinking about this the other night because of this movie and because of other things. Fucking Jesus Christ, who the fuck ever came up with his gut with women's fucking shoes with heels like that? No animal on the planet. With, um, we are supposed to be so smart, but we come up with these goddamn shoes that are so impractical. They hurt Ugh. women's feet. They fucking make their – probably have varicose veins and everything else. Hurt their backs. If you have a, something like this, what are you going to do? Fucking crawl, walk around in those stupid-ass platform high heel shoes. Yeah, I, get, I mean that's really
1: all she had. But I mean you know, the, I guess the theory behind the shoes, it makes your calves and your legs look, dif- look better because you're you – See, that's why they look skinny. You're almost flexing. Because you're, you know, you're walking on your toes. It's the fucking. <laughs>
2: never see, well, I was just getting ready to say you never see guys walking around in shoes like that. But then I was watching Saturday Night Fever the other night, and you did. <laughs> um, or the the uh, Velvet Gold one. They're running down the street, oh, and all yeah. the guys have fucking these big platforms <laughs> on. They're running. <laughs> um, have wooden blocks on your feet,
1: and it, you know, the, the you know, the this movie is largely. I mean, you spend a little time getting to know everybody. Which I think is it's enough time, mm-hmm. so you get you you get to know them you and you want to see them succeed and then this movie is the nonstop of them we got to get the fuck out of here because you want
2: to see some of them succeed
1: right, right I want to see some of them succeed maybe not the Ugh. other
2: kid um, not just him fuck <laughs> oh yeah then there's, there are some uh, annoying people in this there I'm sorry they're caricatures and I know that but goddamn red buttons I just like what dude. <laughs> You are such a fucking douche. It makes me sick. I just never found the right woman. And he makes these faces at the table. Like, I mean, I don't know where his acting ability came from, but goddamn he he, – and then he's fucking old. I mean, he's like – when he was doing that stupid run-walking shit, and I knew that was (laughs) done for humor, but he looked like a total douche, and he's like taking out his pills at the table, his vitamins and stuff, just so – Someone will notice his lame, dumb, fucking ass. You know, what, just was never he had a, the right, never had the time to find over the the right girl, and then this fucking young girl who's basically baby doll from fucking baby doll, dumb shit. There's got to be a morning after. <laughs> I love when the fucking <laughs> purser or whatever made fun of that song. He's like, morning after, morning after, and uh, I don't know. That, I I want to say that that was Karen Carpenter. But I, for some reason, I always think it is that was actually doing the singing, and it wasn't. Oh. But that was a big hit song. I mean, that was a huge hit.
1: She, uh, uh yeah, I mean, she was pretty annoying with her fucking brother, too. Her brother was... I wish he lasted longer because...
2: Nice hair and mustache. fucking mu-
1: mullet and a fucking lemmy mustache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: And oh. at first I thought it was her boyfriend. And then she's sitting there stroking him and shit. And she's yeah. like, it's my brother. And then Red Buttons. It's like, okay. Did they, you, I remember did you when like I his kid. music? Yeah. She was a fucking nincompoop. She came straight <laughs> off of Walter Mathow's fucking old shitty house plantation. And she was a, she was just a fucking dumbass. Red Buttons was, I mean... This, that, that's the thing The the the, the, the characters that the, now those people like whether it was Shelly Winters uh, and her husband, Red Buttons, that dumb shit, fucking blonde girl, Nancy Drew, the fucking annoying kid um, and um, – and Gene Hackman.
1: At times, you're like, okay, enough with the fucking yelling at people. Yeah, and
2: my God, what about his comb over? It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't super bad until he was on deck talking to the <laughs> other preacher, and the wind was blowing, and you're like, Jesus Christ! Look Hackman. at that
1: shine under there. That that yeah. poor guy. That poor guy must have lo- lost his hair in his twenties.
2: He was trying to cover it up, man. And how about the look? I, I don't want to like jump in and fucking Like, do you? I mean, I'm talk about that. <laughs> but you know, we're, we're running low. It's almost four o'clock. Anyway, oh um, Jesus. But what about the look that – what was her name? She played Nancy Drew, um, Pamela – Are
1: you talking there, about the, t- the teenage there was girl? Pamela,
2: Pam Anderson, which was the Baywatch chick. Well, this is Pamela Sue Anderson, uh-huh. the teenage girl. The look, she looked like she – I mean, honest to God, like a black snake moan look at Gene Hackman across the room like she was sitting there playing (laughs) or something, staring at him. And she just saw him. And all of a sudden she was like, I want to fuck that preacher over there. And Gene Hackman's not like the greatest looking guy in the world. he He had charisma, though. But, you know, one thing that was disappointing, and I remember those outfits, though, and they did have those, was when the girls had to take off their gowns. They they had the gowns they they the the one was
1: oh, wearing the little shorts
2: underneath. They had the, her and the singer had the shorts, and I remember my sisters having this, and that's disappointing because it would have been better if they'd had panties on,
1: like like Stella Stevens,
2: <laughs> yeah, or like oh fucking God. what's her name, like Snake Moan.
1: She had some fucking great legs too.
2: And you know, every time if if I would have been in that group when she was going up the ladder or anything like that, I'd be like, okay, I'll be behind Mrs. Rogo. So, when she's going up the ladder, i looking at her fucking ass going up. <laughs> oh, through. my God.
1: Yeah. I was looking right up. And that camera made no, no, uh, no, t- didn't try to hide it whatsoever. It was a straight up the shot bat- right up the, bat- the back of beginning. her shirt.
2: At the beginning, when she was wearing the blue thing and when she was sick in bed, and then when she was at the party with the gold gown on and no bra. 90% of the time I was looking at her tits yeah. Yeah. and we're trying to see the guys feeling them up. Like when they were either dancing or sitting at the table and they start seeing old <laughs> Lang Syne and Hackman has his arm around her waist and shit. And so I'm like, okay, here's the preacher man. Seemed like Hackman had at one time he had these two girls and they both got killed because they she, weren't in the movie later and he's got them both and he's got his arms real low on their waist and stuff.
1: <laughs> she is from a place called hot coffee, Mississippi.
2: Hot pussy, Mississippi's where she's from. Hot
1: Peace Mississippi. Even when I
2: was a little boy, okay, now this was made in '72, and I was born '65. I fucking just thought she was so sexy. I was like, oh, becoming. I mean, she was one. She was like a a, a fucking uh, you know sex uh, symbol at that time, big time. But mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, man, she had. That was the brawless age, and it was yeah. awesome. Uh,
1: so, um, you I wonder.
2: Fucking kick red buttons right in his fucking stupid – he was just such a douche, man. I hate him. Was
1: he supposed to be – was he an employee on the boat or was he a a passenger?
2: I think he was just a passenger, wasn't he?
1: I couldn't tell because he was – like nobody really had like the same – he had a different looking tuxedo, something about him. I don't know. know.
2: He was just a fucking douche, man. He was just an annoying douche that uh, if you were on that boat, you would know who he was because you'd be like, there's that guy that's by himself, this douche. And he's and he always wanted people. To, he always did shit so people would Feel notice sorry him for him. <laughs> yeah. do that stupid fucking walk running where he just looked like a fucking idiot, <laughs> taking out all these pills at the table, just so you know, and you know he's doing it just. And he's got this look at he's like, you know, I just never felt the time, da, 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 da. and I'm this and I'm that. and I'm like, God damn it, motherfucker! You oh, go drown yourself. You're just <laughs> <laughs> you should have uh, just
1: stayed in the fucking ballroom, you fucker.
2: Oh my the God. Um, Asshole.
1: And, you he's know, trying to
2: get with this. He's using the fucking situation to try and get pussy from that fucking blonde young girl who was 30 years younger than him. He's trying to act like he's this virile, young, good looking. Why? I mean, uh, I guess it was cast perfectly because if it was written that he was that big of a douche. <laughs> but I mean, they could have got, if they were going to have that Laura Lindley or whatever her name was uh-huh. and have a guy that she was going to, you know, maybe end up, they had this connection. I mean bread buttons. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. So, um, you know, you the
1: the tension builds nicely in this film. The pacing's well because you know, after the after the huge ballroom scene, you know it builds bol- more and more after that. Where they're having to they're coming across some more just like crazy shit in it, and it's almost like they're going through hell at times you know there's like fire shooting out fucking steam and
2: and at the one time you s- they look over and down another hallway you just see like almost like zombie like yeah there's a such whole such- bunch of people they thought everybody was dead and here's these people just walking they're just like, we're just going this that way. was kind of spooky when i saw it yeah the child. um
1: but there's a there's this am- i love the scene it's just badass with one i posted a screenshot of it of borg nine like hanging one arm off this ladder he's fucking he's yelling at hackman and he's, like, leaning back. There's fire behind him. I think I just moved away from the mic while I was talking because I was, like, <laughs> that, doing the same motion. And he's like, yeah. I'm not going to say what he said, but the um, I love that fucking scene. And then Hackman. That was
2: great. That was fucking one of my – probably uh, out of the whole movie, Borg-9 and Hackman in that, in that scene that you're talking about yep, was yep. just fucking awesome. That was – that showed th- their the, – his – nine's <gasps> acting chops because yeah. – there was a good part of the movie where he was kind of a, like the you know a character of you mm-hmm. know kind of him and his wife just bickering, which was funny. Those two f- bickering and fighting all the time. You know they <laughs> they loved each other, but boy they would just bust each other. She was crude, and he was always embarrassed because she was crude. And, you know? and then, why didn't you wear any? I told you to wear. It sounded like my my fucking <laughs> mom and dad. You know? I told you to wear underwear. <laughs>
1: And then the you know then the great the great scene with Hackman uh, twisting the valve and yelling at you know at somebody. Um, oh yeah,
2: that was that was a pretty. I love that. that I mean, that, those those in the in the movie. I mean, I know Hackman had a, a great majority of 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 the dialogue as far as anybody else. The you know, the important scenes and Borgnine had some too. But that scene and the Borgnine scene yeah. were the two most to me. Well, the Shelley Winners thing.
1: She's good too. I, this
2: is good, but it, but with her, to me, the, the 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 big powerful scene with her, it wasn't as much. And she's a she's a really good actress, you know. Yeah, I maybe mean, even a great actress in some of the stuff she was in when she was younger. But it was more what I don't think it was as much like uh, her dialogue or what she was had to say at that time. Whereas with Borgnine and Hackman and the, and their two really emotional important th- scenes it was more you know it was sure it was phys- the physical of Borgdine almost like this raging you know and,
1: and the fire behind him was awesome yeah, yeah yeah it reminded me
2: of when he was in devil's reign and he played the devil <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't anything like that but he, right right he was in hell purgatory uh, hell heaven all that shit
1: um this is um uh, well let's get into your notes here i mean i i don't know how much more you have but
2: no, nah, I don't have that much um I like I said I, I have a, a a weird perspective or a different or an interesting perspective because I saw this when I was, you know, a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably 7 years old or 8 years old or something like that at this time. Okay, when I was a little kid, I loved this movie. This and like Planet of the Apes, uh maybe like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, Planet of the Apes, Poseidon Adventure, Billy Jack and you know were like my my fucking favorite McGreen Berets my, my little kid favorite movies, and uh I remember loving this movie, being out in my backyard playing the Poseidon adventure <laughs> you know and just you know you had that imagination and climbing up a tree and pretending I was climbing up through the decks and doing all this and that fucking thinking Stella Stevens was so fucking hot, but also I remember at that time I played Ghostbusters when I was that was my yeah well, I mean it was weird <laughs> it, it, it was you know when you were a kid, your imagination was just so now. Now my imagination is only great when I'm getting ready to go to sleep and I want to crank one out and go to sleep. Uh, then it's really it, it, it is very vivid. It still works pretty good then. Um, but um, I also remember seriously being in love with the chick that was the singer in the band. Could probably because she was young, right? And, you know, and and everything. Now I look at her and I'm annoyed and I don't even think she was like. Any really super hot or anything. I guess I'm gravitating towards Stella Stevens mm-hmm. because, you know, of her. Because mom, mom. <laughs> but and then I also remember when uh, when uh, Pamela Sue Anderson, a.k.a. Nancy Drew from TV, uh, after this movie. And then she was, you know, they had the Nancy Drew Hardy Boys show, which would be on Sunday night. One week it would be Parker Stevenson and Sean Cassidy as the Hardy Boys. The next week it would be a Nancy Drew mystery or whatever. And then she was in this movie and then she posed for playboy and she had must have only been like 18 years old. As soon as she got of age, she posed for playboy and everybody freaked out. They were like, Oh my God, Nancy. And it was called, it said on playboy, Nancy drew grows up. And so anyway, um, I remember that, um, Roddy McDowell, uh, is the, he was like the waiter in this, you know, and he was in Planet of the apes played Cornelius and everything. And he has a giant cock in real life. <laughs> And then you know, my my sister got me the Hollywood Babylon part, like three or whatever book, Mm. and it has all these pictures of all these old Hollywood stars when they before they were famous and they were doing like nude modeling and shit. And him and Aldo Ray and Forrest Tucker and fucking all these guys. I mean, here they are, you know, these big fucking schlongs. And Roddy McDowell had a big dick, (laughs) Uh, but I I think he was, you know, uh, um, any of our. Uh, gay listeners out there, you would be happy probably because roddy mcDowell wasn 't a bad looking guy, but he I think he was gay, so either that or bisexual, so you know if you might watch this movie and look at him now after I tell you this, like we were looking at Stella stevens 's boobs so i have we have something for everybody on silver and gold uh, that kid I hated him, I thought he was annoying even back then <laughs> he 's still fucking annoying, he was so fucking obnoxious, and I think they did that. For a reason, and one of them after I had went to you know Myrtle Beach with my and had to deal with fourteen year old two fourteen year old girls. Maybe kids aren't that obnoxious, you know. So uh, even though he was obnoxious, and I thought it maybe was overplayed a little bit. Now that I think about it, as the words are coming out of my mouth, maybe it wasn't. Uh, I thought a lot of the
1: characters. I never thought I would fucking sit here on a Thursday afternoon and Google search Roddy McDowell penis. Did you find a
2: picture of him? Not yet. Okay, (laughs) still looking. (laughs) Uh, But uh, why not? You know, hey, whatever. Uh, I appreciate a large penis. Um, You know, don't see one very often. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hound. Anyway, um, I thought. Now, this this movie. I think, if I remember correctly, this I I was thinking that this movie was the movie that kicked off the disaster movie craze. Had to have been. I think it was actually before Airport. It was actually before Towering Inferno. It was actually before some of the other ones. And they actually did make a sequel to this movie, which was like uh, Return of the Poseidon Adventure or something like that, which had absolutely nothing (laughs) to do with the movie other than uh, they made up a – Beyond the Poseidon Adventure, which starred Michael Caine. Um, and Sally uh, Fields, um, but if I remember correctly about this one, it was a it was a flop. It was a bomb. Uh, had a big cast. Michael this movie
1: Cain. was a flop.
2: No, no, no. Um, oh, oh. Return. Beyond the Poseidon Adventure. Okay. Uh, Michael Caine, Sally Field, Telly Savalas, Peter Boyle, Jack Warden, uh, Shirley Jones, Carl Malden, Slim Pickens, Mark Harmon. <laughs> it was full of like Veronica Hamill. It was full of a fucking like an all star cast. Which during these disaster movies they did. They even the Poseidon Adventure. Uh, some you know like Red Button stuff, but Red Buttons was one of these guys that was in everything. I mean, he back then uh, he might not have been the greatest actor in the world, but he must have known somebody, and he was always in these movies for comic relief. Uh, I believe that beyond the Poseidon Adventure was more or less they uh, they they uh, were going. Maybe there was I, I don't remember that much about it other than it wasn't that big of a deal. And I was thinking that maybe they were trying to salvage it or something, like there was gold or something on it. I don't remember. That might have been Beyond the Titanic, Uh, but anyway. um, Shit,
1: five million dollar budget made ninety three million dollars at the box office.
2: This was a huge, huge success. Irwin Allen, you know, Irwin Allen was the one that made you know a lot of these uh, disaster movies. Now. I think that the characters were written when I watch it now, even when I watched it the other day and I enjoyed watching it almost like a nostalgia thing. Mm-hmm. But I also, when I was watching it, was thinking, man, this is really written in like uh, early seventies kind of how they write stuff. Like when I was talking about how uh uh in Baby Doll, like the Tennessee Williams novel was probably a lot more uh maybe even more uh I don't want to say abrupt, but more sexual, yeah. and they kind of toned it down, uh, but they still didn't tone it down enough because it got a lot of bullshit. But I, but it was probably toned down still because of the the uh, ratings bureau and all this shit. Uh, the way the characters are written, like I said, they they almost seem like each of them are uh, like each one is a caricature of what you know. Okay, here's the old Jewish lady, you know, and she's you know, you know, the the not not henpecked, but I mean, like always. Uh, trying to be a mother to everybody and right. button her nose and and the old bell the old husband you know and and uh, uh the old uh the or the uh the gruff uh rough uh, uh cop and his prostitute wife uh gene the, the
1: handsome leading guy the handsome, handsome preacher
2: leader. you know who, who who uh you know the other women see him as a man you know like i said that fucking that what's her name the young girl looking at him just all of a sudden out of the blue like oh my god i can't take my eyes off this guy you know but he's not he's beyond that he's a he's a she sees him as a virile sexy man and He just is, you know, more. He's he's a man of God and all this bullshit. So there was a lot of shit like that that was. It it was. It didn't turn me off of the movie, but when I was watching it, like I said, red buttons the way he acted, the kid, the way the overtop caricatures of those, the way they were, it kind of. It was a little bit of a turn off, but not you know enough to. The nostalgia thing really got me through it the most, and then the critical scenes uh, where I was like, okay, it goes it goes from silly. Writing like with red buttons and stuff to make you like him because he's such a lovable doofus or or you know douchebag uh, to these powerful scenes yeah. where you know these guys I mean these are scenes that could have been in any movie that and been like fuck man that was awesome um, I honest to god until you started saying about you know they're they're going through. Hell and like almost like a purgatory, and then through hell, and Mm -hmm. then the one rooms that are on fire, and everything, and having, and then the, 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 I, for some reason, and and I think I got it more the religious symbolism with the sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, the one person, you know, yeah, yeah, doing, you know, giving his life or whatever, doing whatever. Um, that I got the religious symbolism, but the other stuff I didn't and like you said, when they opened the hatch it was almost like or or you know, well, I mean, it's not giving anything well, okay, they all got killed. But anyway. <laughs> uh, but if you look at it like uh that movie The Grey, uh with Liam Neeson about the wolves.
1: Oh my god, when he fucking talks to God in that movie, I get tears in my eyes. It's so fucking I don't know. Like, if I it do was, it myself.
2: Yeah, I don't know if it was Emily or who it was. And I don't want to pin anybody down because I don't want somebody to say, I didn't say that, which I'm just busting Will's balls. I, I, <laughs> I'm glad that he said that because I did think it was him. And I, you know, I'm, I'm not like, you know, I think it's, you know, everything's with fine or But um, the, um, someone said that they thought in the gray that it could have been taken that they got killed in the airplane crash, all of them. Huh. And that everything after that was like a purgatory. Uh, and, um, them going through almost like this was something they go through after death, which is, uh, uh, you know, the wolves, these huge wolves that were bigger than any wolves I've ever seen. They look like goddamn werewolves or something like that. It's like that, uh, that this was a trial or something that you go through after death. But that was just somebody's perspective. If you take that and put it into the Poseidon adventure, that maybe they are going through hell, maybe they are doing this, maybe they are doing that, when at the end – maybe that was heaven maybe that was yeah. uh, being rescued uh, these angels or whatever da da, da. they they um, they the sacrifice and the things that they did they were you know and maybe it's just a, like you said it's all a metaphor for that or whatever but you know if you look at it that way it it is pretty interesting even though i'm not a religious person i you know i i get on here and you know you're like well you know uh, fucking stupid shit blah, blah, blah. but there is a certain a part of it that is you know It's interesting Mm. and the perspectives, even if it's not Christian religion, like uh, the um, the uh, Valhalla Rising. Somebody saying that, well, you know, maybe uh, one eye was Odin walking the earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you look at it that way, and it gives it a whole new look. And even if you're not a religious person, you can look at the spirituality of it and see, you know, they always say there's no atheist in foxholes or whatever, you know. It, it there's things like that that uh, uh, you know, soldier jumping on a hand grenade to save his friends, blah blah mm-hmm. blah blah blah, stuff like that that they talk about in the ninth configuration. There are things that happen that make you think, and it's not bad to think. It's but it's also not bad to question. I love, I, I,
1: I love a popcorn movie that makes you look further into it. Yeah, yeah, this is, this is entertaining and and kind of has some depth at the same time
2: that's the thing I like about our community is is there are things like that that I may never have thought about, whether it's I just was looking at the – at just what was in front of me and not looking through the cracks and mm-hmm. not looking to see – read into it. Even like The Wild Bunch, a lot of the stuff that they talked about in that movie, uh, what he was going for with the the ants and the scorpions and the kids and this and that. Da, 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 da. Um, it's cool because no matter – how smart you fucking think you are, or <laughs> how your ego is, or whatever. Um, people see things from different perspectives because they live different lives yeah. and they live, and they've had different experiences. So you know, it, it really is. That's that's what's great about our community. So anyway, but you know, that's like I said. I I um I don't know. Do you want to get into some ratings? Sure. Hey. Um,
1: this this <laughs> was uh, better than I thought it would be going in. I thought this was just going to be kind of a standard, like I said, popcorn fair, but. Um, acting universally good, well, not universally. Their acting is kind of split. There's awesome, and then there's like, ugh. Uh, yeah. maybe they're acting. Maybe they're just acting, or maybe that's how they are in real life. Well, I
2: like know. I said, I think that you you just had people that were um,
1: representations of a certain type of person. No,
2: but I mean, like even the actors. Like I said, like red buttons. You, yeah, you had guys that were were. Um, they just seemed like they were in everything back then. Yeah, if yeah. there was a ensemble cast, they were in it. And, uh, you know, they're probably and, in with the uh, mafia somehow. Well, when we tell oh, you, yeah, the Hollywood mafia, he was a God or a knob gobbler. Um, <laughs> anyway, no offense, but there was a lot of knob goblin, goblin, knoblin. Um, um, the Leslie Nielsen thing always amazed me because the one thing I knew Leslie Nielsen from from the time I was a kid was the Poseidon adventure. And I always – I liked his look. I thought he was a handsome guy. He was authoritative. He was cool in this movie and everything. And then when he started making Airplane and stuff like that, it almost <laughs> bothered me because I was like, I really liked Leslie Nielsen in – these TV shows where he would play a killer, or he would play a spy, or a soldier, or something like that. I thought I, th- I thought he was kind of a cool guy, and then I was like, you know, man, I wish he would stop making that stupid shit. It was almost like Charlie Sheen—you see him in Platoon, yeah. and Wall Street—and then all of a sudden he's making Hot Shot part duh, and I was like, god I man, I wish Charlie Sheen would start making some some cool good drama. But you know, Leslie Nielsen became a hundred times more famous.
1: Making airplane and shit.
2: Uh, than he was in these roles, you know, so um
1: I give this uh an eight point five. Um this this is a buy for me. Um I, I need to see the remake. Does Kurt Russell play the Gene Hackman part in the new one? He's nah. It's
2: it's different. It's uh, just sort of the same, but it's different. He plays okay. a gambler. Uh, uh okay. Um he, like a, I like, like I know. I thought
1: this was great. I'm oh, sorry, I have a kid cutting you off. You son of a bitch, you fucking cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh eight point five for me.
2: Um, I would say when I was a kid, if when I watched it when I was a kid, I would probably would have gave it like a fucking ten. Yeah, I loved it. It was just so you know the action and everything. I was like, you're standing there watching it with this wonder in your eyes. Oh my god, this is so great. Um, it drops down for me now because I think it's just the uh, um, I think it, it sh- kind of shows its age. Mm-hmm. Even though, like I said, with Borgnine, Hackman, uh, the the uh, the scenes with them and the act the actual Hackman acting. I mean, he's a fucking great actor. Um, uh, I would say 7.25 Wow Lower than and, I thought
1: Cool Uh, That's our review of
2: good, I think But uh, you know And, and I, I will say this too I haven't seen that In a long time Okay This is the first time I've probably seen that movie In Jesus Christ it's It sucks that I can actually say this Maybe 25, 30 fucking years Oh wow You know Because I'm old
1: <laughs> awesome So uh, that's our review of Poseidon Adventure We're going to come back we don't, we don't have any feedback So we'll be wrapping up the show Talk about what we're watching next week uh, Yeah, we'll be right back
0: yeah.
2: oh, stink. Are you tired of the same old <laughs> pop culture podcast? Do you listen to those other podcasts And think to yourself Why aren't they talking about the things I'm interested in? Hi, I'm Reverend Scott, and when I want to listen to a couple of guys with their appendages on the pulse of pop culture... Penis. ...I listen to the Are You Serious podcast.
1: Hear news about politics and religion where hosts Chris and Frank ask the tough questions. You woke up with a cock in your mouth. Would you take it or leave it? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) How big is the cock? You'll hear entertainment news about your favorite movies and TV shows, plus plain old wholesome discussion about the lives of Chris and Frank. I mean, now I am, like, tattooed. It's weird. It's like I've... I guess I should explain what I got. Yeah. it's Three swastikas. Each one interconnected. To look like a smiley face. And on my left arm is cock and balls. And you notice I looked at my right arm. Character from an old Disney film. It's a prequel to Song of the South. Exactly. It's um, called Song of the Cock and Balls. It sounds like this. So when you think pop culture podcast, remember this. What's that thing between the dick and the asshole? The Are You Serious Podcast on iTunes or areyuseriouspodcast.com
2: eat watermelon, and I have four ears, sing Polly Wally Doodle (laughs) Holiday. I like watermelon, but I whip my ears, sing Polly Wally Doodle Holiday. Baby grass tastes good to a moo cow's
0: mouth, sing Polly Wally Doodle Holiday. But I like chicken, cause I'm from the south, sing Polly Wally Doodle Holiday. That makes you like chicken? Farewell,
1: farewell, farewell, Mr. (laughs) Gloombee, out of your way. (laughs) They were singing that at the the end of Wild Bunch. The vulture guys that are like picking the corpses, right off and yeah right yeah, off yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, so no feedback this week. Thanks a lot, you motherfuckers. Fucking pieces of shit.
2: <laughs> Sorry.
1: Um. So, um. Again, you know, yeah. We uh, this is our Borgnon episode, and um, by all means, check out more of his work. Um, this is a uh, we you know, we did two big ones here, but, um, the guy was active through pretty much the time he passed away. He, he lived a, a, a long life. He was 95 and said, uh, by accident on, on a recording that he stayed young so long cause he masturbated a lot. So, so he'd I'll fit right in and be young forever. <laughs> he'd fit right into our group. Um, so he, he will be missed. So, and, uh, you know, we, this is the wild bunch in particular was a was one and and we you know we said last week thank we love you vish you know, we we ran this by uh Will from we don't GTMC. really love Vish. <laughs> fuck Vish. And he's got we nice ran, hair though. We ran this by God, I want to just fucking just grab a handful of Vish's hair.
2: Oh my god. <laughs> he gets it when it, uh, he posted it, he got it cut. And oh. I swear to God, I just wanted to like what the fuck is wrong with you,
1: dude? So curly and soft that guy's hair. Yeah.
2: Be glad you have fucking hair, motherfucker.
1: Um but soft s- silky. We we hair. ran this by Will because this is one of Will's top movies ever and we knew that they wanted to review it on gentleman's guide and you know you guys voted for it so we wanted to make sure that it, he was cool yeah, it's first. your guys fault and he just said make you know make sure we say we love the our favorite canadian so well he's not our favorite canadian um we, we still yeah, love uh, will anyway rocket
2: richard and, uh,
1: i kind of like iron mike sharp myself so yeah
2: <laughs> but um you know thank you
1: know that was uh we hope we did it justice for you guys so Anyway, yeah. Um, next week on the show, uh, we are going to do two kind of, um, I guess, glam rock almost, but not not eighties glam rock, seventies um, glam rock themed films. Uh, we're going to do the movie that uh, Zom was talking about at the beginning of the show, Velvet Goldmine, from two from nineteen ninety eight. Um, this is Ewan McGregor and uh, Christian Bale and a guy whose name I can't pronounce. His middle name John Jonathan Reese Myers. Reese yeah. Myers. Here you go. And um, and then we're going to do control the Anton another name I can't pronounce Anton or Anton Corbin uh film from 2007 this is the biopic of Joy Division who um Ian it's just really the story of Ian Curtis who was the lead of Joy Division and he was you know influenced a lot by Bowie and those guys so kind of plays off there's a great soundtrack to it for it so um where and, you know Joy Division became New Order and New Order actually did a, worked on the soundtrack for it so um, so yeah, the, uh, this is, uh, the, uh, the control is, um, uh, adapted from the book written by Ian Curtis's widow. So he, he committed suicide when he was 23 and Fuck. Made, made some really fucking great music in a very, very short amount of time. He, was a, that shit, he was a, he was a, he was a, a tormented soul. He had uh, epilepsy and stuff and,
2: uh, uh,
1: at least uh so he yeah. went
2: driving nails through his balls. <laughs>
1: Oof, god. So yeah, <sighs> control and velvet and gold mine for next week. Um, yeah. If you would like to send us feedback, <laughs> you can always do that at two zero six three three nine sixteen hundred or silver or silvagoldpodcast at gmail com. Uh, mm-hmm. find us on iTunes or our iTunes or our website, silvaandgold.com. Um and our Facebook group at uh, Facebook.com slash group slash silver and gold. Um, I think that's about it. Uh, Zom sir. Hey. Um, do you have anything else? Fuck no man. Fuck no. I've gotta go get ready for work. Got an awkward yeah. conversation. <laughs> so, um, until next week, when we bring out the glam and wear our tight pants. This mm. is <laughs> this is loaf oot.
2: Um, oot. Bye. Bye people. Love you.